thirst for Aaron Asham information not quenched with the first two hours of part one, we'll get ready to drink up because here comes part two with Aaron Asham. Nystrom, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The puck drops and Bogdanger goes right to King Flaxenberg. But just a minute, Al Arbor has won mm -hmm. four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. to Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. I am your host, Joe Lazito. Episode 21, Part 2, with Aaron Asham. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I usually say they're pretty good, and again, it really has nothing to do with me. It's, uh, it's the guest. Asham is, uh, is a great interview, and um, I, had a, I had a lot of fun doing it, and um, I know that you'll enjoy this one, but uh, more on that later. Uh, first of all, I hope every dad out there had a happy Father's Day. Uh, I'm sure this was a different type of Father's Day than you're used to. It certainly was different uh, for myself. Like I had said in the other episodes, we uh, we usually like to go to some minor league baseball. I, I guess major league baseball, if uh, there's no minor league games uh, available to go to, like you know maybe the Mets or something. But um, we enjoy a day at the ballpark, and of course we couldn't do that this year. So uh, we just hung out at the park, played some games. Uh, I had a great time with my family. I wish it was about 20 degrees cooler, but uh, you know what? It was hot as hell, but I was with my two sons and my wife, so it was a pretty damn good day. So, uh, like I said, I hope all you dads out there had a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day. And, uh, you know, hopefully next year we can go back to our regular Father's Days. Uh, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to Joe Marisich. You've heard that name before on this show, and uh, you're going to keep hearing it. Joe is the artistic genius who designed my logo. He celebrated a birthday on Saturday. So Joe, happy birthday. And if you like my logo and you're interested in having Joe do some work for you, you can get him at GraphicsJoker on Twitter at G-R-A-F-I-X-J-O-K-E-R or at LoudEgg.com. Uh, if you've seen my logo, you know it's pretty awesome. Uh, Joe made me look as good as probably as I've ever looked and um, easy for me to say uh, Joe's really talented definitely reach out to him for all your art projects uh, second to none as far as I'm concerned also as usual uh, check out a few other shows if you like my show you will most likely like these shows uh, first of all the fourth line voice podcast with Darren uh, the OG the guy who started it 
Uh, Darren is on the Hockey Pod Network, Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, same network that Terry Ryan is on, Tales of TR. I was a, a guest on Terry's show. I was a guest on Fourth Line Voice also. Um, definitely check out his show. I'm trying to remember who he had on this week, and of course I am not prepared. Uh, I know I listened to it, but um, son of a bitch. All right, sorry, Darren. Um, but Darren puts out two episodes a week. Uh, Darren's uh, prior incarnation was a, um, a show that he did on his own. His website crashed. Now he's on the Hockey Podcast Network. So he puts out two shows a week. One is a classic show from the archives, and one is a brand new episode. So you can catch Darren twice a week on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, five for Fighting with Alec. Alec Olin Salen, ex-Marine, uh, does a, you know, similar to this. You've heard me talk about it before. Um, and uh, Alec, Jesus Christ, I am, God, do I suck today. Alec just had an episode too, which I don't remember. You know what the, the issue is for myself, because I subscribe to all these shows. So they actually appear, as you know, hopefully if you subscribe to this show, they appear on your iTunes or Apple Podcasts before they appear to people who don't subscribe. So most of the time I'm refreshing it and all of a sudden the show pops in and I, I listen to it right away. And sometimes I have their shows listened to um, before they even post it. So... Um, Darren's show I listened to, first time, first day it was out. Alex's show last week, first day it was out. Um, but Alec always has some really good guests. I think he said he's got two or three shows in the can ready to go, so that's good. I'm kind of jealous about that. Um, one day I'll get to that point where, where I have multiple shows to choose from. Maybe I just like to live life a little dangerously or stress myself out, one or the other. But Five for Fighting podcast with Alec, definitely check that out. Uh, a couple other things. Darren has a YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. He posts uh, thousands of fights on there. So chances are, if you've ever watched a fight on YouTube, um, probably was posted by Darren. And Alec on Facebook has an enforcer appreciation page. And uh, on there you have uh, a lot of tributes and there's a lot of enforcers that are part of the group. And it's it's really, it's a good place to go if you just you have questions or you just wanna appreciate obviously enforcer appreciation uh appreciate the job that they did there's plenty of enforcers in there everyone's cool um every now and then you get an idiot that wants to post some dumb shit but they kind of weed them out right away so um as far as darren goes fourth line voice podcast fourth line voice on youtube alec five for fighting podcast enforcer appreciation on facebook and then uh, the bucket drop podcast with bobby longgrass now i think this is the third week in a row i'm going to tell you that i'm going to record with bobby this week we're going to do a top 10 islanders enforcers and uh, we haven't done it in the last two weeks, and uh, I think we're going to actually hook up this Thursday, so uh, I will post about that when we are done recording and when he's going to post it. Also, I have been posting a lot recently about merchandise for the show. Um, I, I have a history of being overzealous when it comes to certain things, and I posted about t-shirts. Well, I got the prototypes in for the t-shirts and the graphics on the back, which I wanted to be orange, actually, they kind of looked a little red. It's weird because if you look at it in daylight, they kind of look good in orange. If you looked at them in the house, they kind of looked red. I wasn't really thrilled with it. Um, I sent an email to the company um, maybe five days ago. The reason why I don't remember how many days ago is because they never got back to me. 
uh, I sought out some advice from a friend of mine who does his own merchandise and uh, he basically goes through a website that makes all sorts of stuff and uh, the good part about that is there's no overhead for me the old way I was gonna have to order a certain amount of shirts certain amount of mugs uh, anything else I wanted and I'd have to uh, lay out the money and then hope that everyone who said they wanted merchandise would come through and buy it we're now uh, going through this website uh, it really is a win for everybody because I don't have any overhead um, and when you order you're gonna order directly from them and they're gonna make what you order specifically for you uh, they're gonna ship it to you and it works out great for everybody the best part about the whole thing for you guys is that the the price will be cheaper I believe when I was doing it on my own uh, it, the shirts were going to end up being a little like $31, $32 uh, plus shipping. I think with the website, the shirts are going to be around $25, $26 bucks plus shipping. So, um, And they ship worldwide. I was going to ship worldwide too, but uh, this just seems so much easier for everybody. Uh, it'll be easier for you. You can order right through a website, uh, pay with PayPal, pay with your credit card, whatever. Uh, easier for me. I don't have a basement full of stuff, which would be hard to do since I don't have a basement. But I don't have any, any product sitting here. They make it as you order it. And um, probably the, the coolest part is when I was going to handle my own merchandise, uh, I was basically going limit, to limit it to shirts and hats. And that was about, well, not even hats because hats were another fucking ordeal, but shirts and mugs and maybe another thing or two. With this website, I believe I have approximately 22 items for sale. So. There's, there's men's shirts, there's women's shirts, there's children's shirts, there's uh, blankets, there's towels, uh, socks, um, flags. And for those of you out there who are thinking, you know, we're thinking about having a baby. I don't know if I want a baby. What are we going to wear? What's he going to wear? Because you can never find baby clothes anywhere. There's, you can't find onesies anywhere. Uh, they're so difficult to find. Baby clothes in general. I mean, where do you find them? Well, I believe I have the answer to your prayers. You can buy them a Coliseum Chronicles the Penalty Box onesie. So um, that will be available also. This is, this is what I'm talking about. The way that this is set up, there's so many different products that you can buy. I don't have to make them ahead of time. I don't have to store them. Uh, but you have this tremendous opportunity. You can actually raise your children. You can buy them a Coliseum Chronicles onesie. Then you can buy them a child's t-shirt or a child's hoodie. Then you can buy them a unisex t-shirt hoodie. If they're, uh, if they're a girl, you could buy them a girl's t-shirt. Um, there's a, a girl's tank top. There's all sorts of variety here. You can raise your children, not only on the show, listening to the show, you can raise them in Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box gear. So uh, I will have that website hopefully on Monday, maybe Tuesday. Uh, but again, I'm pretty excited about it because it, it gives everybody the opportunity to buy different sort of items and it's a lower price for you there's no overhead for me and the variety is just outstanding so um i hope that everyone who said they were interested at least checks it out um even if you just want to laugh at the fact that you can buy a coliseum chronicles onesie or buy coliseum chronicles socks uh all that stuff is there and uh i'm pretty excited about it so uh definitely check that out once i post the website uh you know i have to rant a little bit about something so uh I, I picked two things, easy for me to say, there I go, my voice cracking, my son is to my left and he gets a kick out of that, so uh, I'm glad I could give him a laugh. Um, 
Seattle. Seattle, they don't have a name for the hockey team, but they have a name for the arena. The Climate Pledge Arena. Um, okay. So I, I think uh, Amazon bought the rights for it. And instead of um, naming it the Amazon Arena, they're going to name it the Climate Pledge Arena. And I don't think it's been announced yet, so I'm going to give you a scoop. That girl, that climate change girl with the, the scary eyes, the beady eyes, she's going to drop the, uh, op the puck for opening night in Seattle. She's going to drop the puck. And hopefully the, uh, the visiting team's captain, because generally on those ceremonial face-offs, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's the two captains that take the cer ceremonial face-off. And hopefully the captain of the visiting team does not put his stick down first because he doesn't want that little girl to look up at him with those scary eyes and say, how dare you? So um, hopefully that uh, that goes off well. But, uh, but there's your scoop, that, uh, that little girl... The climate change girl she's going to drop the uh, puck for the uh, for the season opener whenever Seattle comes to life I hope they're called the totems which means they definitely won't be but uh, but there's your scoop and finally one thing I want to say that seems to be an epidemic now across Twitter mostly um, these new age fans that can't you know as you know obviously with COVID uh, there's no there aren't any live sports uh, I mean, there's some uh, MMA on there. I think there's uh, auto racing, maybe golf, uh, but I'm absolutely no live hockey. So I think every network and their dog is are show. They're showing the classic games, and inevitably, once they show a classic game, the uh, the new age fans have to go on there and say how the old time players could never play today. And they're not talking about the old time fourth line players. Well, they're you know Wayne Gretzky. He wouldn't be what he was today. If he played today, he wouldn't be what he was back then. Mario Lemieux, same thing. Uh, basically, pick your Hall of Fame superstar legend from back then. Put them today. If they even make the team, maybe they're a third liner. Well, I'd like to tell those people to please shut the fuck up. Uh, first of all, let's do the math. When these guys played, there were 21 teams. Which means you had once you filled twenty one rosters, the next set of best players went to the minors. Now you have what thirty teams, thirty one teams. I don't even know thirty two. However many teams there are, I know there's at least thirty teams. So what that means is, compared to when guys like Gretzky played in Lemieux, and if you go obviously way before that, Gordy Howe, Bobby Hull, Bobby Orr, compared to when those guys played, now you have nine additional teams. Now, do the math, stupid. Those nine additional teams are nine rosters full of players who would be in the minors. Now I know, I know what you want to say. Well, the best player on this team would be in the minors. No, follow me. It's nine rosters full of players who would either be on different teams in the NHL if they're good enough. If not, they'd be in the minors because obviously when you have a league of 21 teams, you're going to have far less players in that league than when that league expands to 30-plus teams. So Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Bobby Hull, Bobby Orr, Gordie Howe, Brian Trottier, Larry Robinson. These guys were playing against better competition on a nightly basis. It's simple math. Think about it, okay? Um, I think it's time that, that and, and again, I think a lot of this comes from the analytics people because, once again, one thing I always say is you, you're, you're using analytics to judge something 
and you never you don't even have to watch the games. They could just give you numbers, and then you're going to plug them in. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So I guess the 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 equivalent I want to give is this. So um, last summer, my wife and I saw Queen with Adam Lambert, and obviously Queen is a legendary band. Uh, Adam Lambert is more of a pop star, but whether you like him or not, uh, it's no denying that the guy can sing. He's he's got an amazing voice. And, um, you know, you always get those people that say, well, I'm not going to see it. It's not Freddie Mercury or whatever. Or, you know, you get the, the Van Halen, Van Hagar people that won't ever listen to anything from Sammy Hagar because somehow they think it's blasphemy or that Dave will be mad at them. But, uh, but the music is amazing. And my wife is a Queen fan. My wife's an Adam Lambert fan. I'm a Queen fan. So, sure, we went. And I was, it was an amazing show. It was, it was seriously one of the best shows I've ever seen. And the thing about it that I liked the best was you have Adam Lambert who is a successful artist on his own doesn't ever have to do any collaborations with anybody I'm sure he's rich enough right now for a few generations of Lambert's after him but the thing that I thought was fantastic was he's on stage with this legendary band and he's not trying to be Freddie Mercury he's not trying to be Freddie Mercury he's being himself playing with Queen and the one thing that was obvious during the whole show was the reverence in which he held the band and which he held Freddie Mercury. It was like, here's a guy who he thought it was an honor, and I'm sure he does think it's an honor. He thinks it's an honor to play with a band like Queen. He wasn't out there trying to make it about him. He was part of the band and probably embarrassed to be part of the band because I know that you can just tell how much, how much he respects what the band had has done and did with Freddie Mercury and has done without him. Um, but it was just his reverence that he had. And I really respected that because I think with a lot of today's generation, everybody today, they want things quick. They think they can do it better than, than the older generations. Um, and it's just not that way. And I think a lot of these people forget that stuff you have today was built on the backs of the prior generations. And the NHL you have today was built on the backs of guys like Gordie Howe and Ted Lindsay and Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. Um, of course, being an Islander show, we could talk about Brian Trotty, we could talk about Mike Bossy, Dennis Potman, Billy Smith. Um, the league you have today wouldn't exist if it wasn't for these great Hall of Fame players that you guys now shit on, okay? You're so stupid if you don't think that Wayne Gretzky wouldn't be amazing today as he was back then. You don't think that with all the advances in fitness and with diet and with all this other stuff that the players today have available to them that wasn't available back when Wayne Gretzky played, you don't think he would take advantage of that and still be the greatest player that ever played? You're a numbskull. Also, do yourself a favor. Take a look. Google Gordie Howe or Bobby Hull. There's a famous picture of Gordie Howe where he's, he's wearing a pair of shorts and he's fishing. And the guy is just shredded. He's got, I think, negative body fat. And this is back in, when was this taken? The 60s? I don't know, 60s or 70s? I don't know when the picture was taken. Gordie Howe never had the opportunity to use fitness equipment like the players have today. And Gordie Howe, is, the shape that that guy's in is insane. Bobby Hall, the same thing. Those guys were in sick shape. And they're doing it back then in the 60s and the 70s when didn't have the fitness advances that you have now. You didn't have the diet. Nobody had uh, uh, their own chef or their own dietitian or their, you know, their own trainer. There was a trainer for the team 
And a lot of these guys came to camp to get in shape. Now guys are in shape year-round. So I'm not shitting on the players of today. They, they should take advantage of all this stuff. But please, before you tweet something stupid, like the superstars of the 60s and the 70s and the 80s would be third liners today, don't. Don't. Because all you're showing is just how ignorant you are. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player of all time. And nobody from today is going to ever take that mantle from him. I don't care how many goals Alexander Ovechkin scored. Nobody will ever be as good as Wayne Gretzky. And I don't care if you agree with me or not. That's fine. That's what makes the world go around. But please, show some reverence to the people that came before these guys that you so love now. If you can even pick them out of a lineup, because a lot of you just look at the numbers. Anyway, uh, I've rambled on quite a bit here, more than I wanted to. Uh, but again, I think as far as hockey goes and as far as life goes to the young people out there, show some reverence um, because, you know, everything you have today, you have because of the generation before you and the generation before you has what they have and had because of the generation before them. And if you think Austin Matthews is a better player than Wayne Gretzky, all I can say is you have absolute shit for brains because it's just not true. Okay. Um, with that. I will present to you part two of my interview with Aaron Ashen. Enjoy. So this brings us to the lockout season, 2004-2005. And um, you ended up playing for a team in Switzerland called, I guess, this Hockey Club. How did, how did you end up in Switzerland? I was actually went, I actually went back home during a lockout. And, uh, and uh, I, I was playing actually senior hockey with all my buddies that I grew up playing minor hockey with. So so the first half of the year, uh, I, I think I went up to Switzerland in January, but the first half I was playing senior hockey back home. I had a cousin that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm really close with. We got to play together, all my old hockey guys I played with. So mm -hmm. that was great. And then uh, around Christmas time, I got a call from, uh, from my agent saying that this club in Switzerland contacted me about going over there for the last, like, I think it's like two weeks of the season and then playoffs if I was interested like I was having a ball back home like playing with my buddies it was it was a lot of fun but I decided you know the season you know was we're, it was still kind of in the balance you know we might be going back might be going back so I was like I better get my ass in shape so yeah so uh, I agreed I went over to Switzerland for uh, I think I was there for like six weeks seven weeks and then I hurt my knee when I was over there and I was thinking, oh my God, this I know what's gonna happen. The season's gonna start up, I'm gonna be injured. It's, it's gonna be a shit show, but yeah. uh, but no, they just, they canceled the season. I finished yeah. up in Switzerland, kind of toured around, went and seen uh, Sven Butenschan, you remember Sven? Yeah, oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. Sven, Sven was in uh, was in Mannheim, Germany. Okay. So we, so we took a trip up there and spent a few days with them and you know, our, our, our my daughter and my with my first marriage and his kid were around the same age so so they got to hang out a little bit which was nice but uh yeah i got to tour went to the matterhorn and went hung out there for a couple of days it was a, it was a really good experience i uh i loved my time when i was there you know i know that uh, i'm sure nobody was happy about the lockout uh obviously uh for many reasons no. but i have to say that with a lot of the guys I've either interviewed or spoken to, you know, off the air, uh, it's cool to hear that a lot of you guys really made the most of it and went to Europe and saw things you might not ordinarily see, maybe till you retire, if at all. 
Oh, it was it was a great experience. Like like I was literally on on top of a mountain. I think it was uh, this determinant. I think the mountain was called, but it was it was pretty it was pretty wild. Especially for you know I'm from the prairies. So mm-hmm. I'm flat. You see my dog run away for three days. Like that's how flat <laughs> it is. Yeah. And then going up to there, you know, it was it, it, it was great. It was a great experience. I loved it. You know, fresh bread every morning. It was <laughs> good, great coffee. Pints were pretty tasty, so it was yeah. it was a great experience. The chocolate, chocolate was great. So. Oh, that's now I want to go. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly like uh, I would love to go back there and, yeah. and just tour around. Yeah. Like it was, it was just a beautiful country. The people were great. They uh, when when I first got there, the uh, I'm I'm uh, a Métis. I I got you know some native blood in me mm-hmm. and. Uh, so when I went up there and I did this first interview, they they asked me about my heritage and about you know about ind- being indigenous. And so I talked about it. And then uh, the first or second game I was playing there, I had like a basically a section. They had headdresses on. They had oh, wow. their faces painted. They had drums and they were cheering and chanting for me. And that's uh... it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, People are like, oh, don't you find that racist? But you know, they're just supporting me. They're right. supporting my culture, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't out of malice. It was, you know, it was, you know, they were uh, they were happy to have me there, and yeah. you know, I, I I thought it was I thought it was cool. Like it was really cool. And, yeah, you know, I didn't find it racist at all. That's that's awesome. That's actually that had to blow you away. That's so cool. It was mm-hmm. it it was crazy, yeah. and I had a good game. Like there there wasn't much hitting there, so. Mm-hmm. I was just just killing guys, you know, open ice hits, and yeah. it was it was fun. Like plus, no, you know, no one was going to try to fight you. Yeah, of course. You know, of all course. the guys, like, Sut, uh, actually, Sutz was there. Andy Sutton was in uh, was playing on a different team. And okay. Play, got to play against him, but we were just we were just crushing guys. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it, it was great. <laughs> so when the when the NHL comes back next season, um, you uh, you lost Karenzi. He went to Florida. Uh, you yeah. gained Johnny Erskine, though another big tough defenseman. Uh, yeah. Goddard was still here. Kevin Colley joined the team. Um, any memories uh, of any of those guys? Like I know Goddard, you played with on the island. You played with him in Pittsburgh. I actually think for a guy as tough as he was, I think he's kind of underrated. I don't want to say he goes under the radar, but he's not often brought up in a lot of conversations. And I think that guy was tough as shit. Oh, Godzi was yeah. a killer. Yeah, Godzi was really tough. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that he went through what he went through with his head and his concussions, yeah. and you know, uh, he was like we were really, really tight when he was here. Like we we're, you know, uh, I knew his situation. I've been there. Yeah. You know, coming in, and you know, I wanted to make him feel as comfortable as possible. You know, I had him sleep on my couch or sleep in my spare room a few times, and you know, had brought him for dinners and. Uh, you know, I really took a liking to him, and he's a great guy. You know, really great guy. He's just an unbelievable guy. Yeah. Tough as nails. Tough as nails. Will do anything for his team. And you know, uh, now he's uh, he's doing a lot better. He was having some seizures. He got he's on the right meds to help those calm down. So hopefully he's living a, a good life. I still talk to him every now and then. Good. Good. Yeah. Um. Good old Godzi. Yeah. One of the guys I mentioned was Kevin Colley, and. Uh, his career, unfortunately, uh, was ended uh, when he, I guess he went, head, I, I don't say I guess, when he got he went head first to the boards and had a neck injury. Yeah. Uh, were yeah. you, you were dressed for that game, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember that situation? 
Oh yeah, it was like like I call same 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 thing with 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 Kevin when he he came up. Uh, you know, I took a liking to him. He's a great kid. He worked his uh, worked his sack off, and you know, he did the he did the he did the dirty work. You know, he, he was a he was a paddler. Yeah. You know, he you know, he's just just getting uh, his foot in the door, just getting established. And, you know, and something like that happened, and you know, the team uh, you know the team took it hard. Uh, you know, he was a he was, he was a warrior. The team put on like that was uh, was definitely gut wrenching. Yeah. Um, one of the guys you fought that year, who later became a teammate, was Brendan Witt. Uh, Witt uh, hit Jason Blake, and of course, uh, yeah. you know, you went in to defend him. And uh, what'd you what'd you think about? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, what, what'd you think about uh, fighting? I mean, obviously later on you got to know him, but uh, Brendan Witt's a pretty tough guy too. Yeah, Witt was really tough. It was uh, he hammered Blakey, and I, I remember going on the ice, and uh, I actually waited by the penalty box till he got <laughs> up, and then we went, then we went at it, but. Oh, he's a tough guy, you know. He he was a, he's a Western boy. Yeah. You know, I played against him in uh, in juniors for a year, and uh, you know, he's he's just a tough Western boy, and you know, uh, you got to do what you got to do, and then later became my teammate, and you know, he's just a great guy, good family guy, loves animals, loves dogs, and you know, I, I'm not sure if he still has a sanctuary out in Montana or wherever he was doing, but you know, uh, I see him on Twitter, I talk to him on Twitter every now and then, and great guy teammate yeah uh one guy you fought for the first time this year i think you fought him a few times and it was actually his first official nhl fight was uh mike richards in philadelphia uh you remember your fights yeah. with mike yeah yeah i know yeah i remember richie he's <laughs> you know he's a young kid coming in tons of upside to him and you know he wanted to establish himself and you know by then i was you know been in the league for a few years and Kind of, kind of had a reputation as you know, be able to hold my own, and you know, similar in size, and uh, you know, it's he wanted to do her up, so we, I think we, we did it twice, and yeah. you know, we went on to win uh, two cups, and you know, good for him. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, for the, uh, I think your first fight, uh, you had a couple of fights with this guy, and this guy, every time you fought him was a war. I'm sure everyone feels the same way because. Honestly, as tough as he is, his stamina is basically second to none, and that's Cam Jansen, uh, who was with the Devils at the time. Those had to be some, ex and yeah. your your stamina is good too. So, the, but that, those had to be some exhausting yeah. fights when you fought Jansen. Oh, just totally exhausting. Your your forearms, your your lungs, everything's burning. Like me and Jansen, I, I don't know how many times we fought, five or six, but they were they're usually a good. 45 seconds to a, you know a minute long and for fighting wise like that's like those are long those are long battles yeah but a lot of respect to the guy I, I, a couple years later I, I ended up playing with him and mm -hmm. you know we had uh, we had great battles you know nothing but respect to each other and you know that's all you can ask for yeah uh, so the next season which unfortunately was your last with the Islanders um, there's a coaching change and I, I thought on the surface that this would be something that would be really good for you. And I, I don't remember if it really worked out, uh, if it worked out like I had hoped. But the Islanders brought in Ted Nolan, and you seem to be the kind of player that he would like. You know, everyone remembers what the crew he had in Buffalo. Um, plus, uh, you're both, um, uh, is it First Nations? I don't want to offend, I'm yeah. not that I defend yeah. you, but you're both First Nations. I figured it would be sort of like a match made in heaven, but I don't, I'm not sure it was, was it? 
That started off alright. Yeah. Uh, started off fine, and then uh, I'm not sure what what switched it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just seems like the, the you know after the first few months, it was kind of like just playing the fourth line role and you know not getting uh, many opportunities. You know, I don't know what it was. It mm-hmm. just I guess he just didn't like my game for some reason, or didn't think I could uh, I could play uh, a regular shift and kind of. Uh, I, I think I remember having a having a meeting with Snowy about it. I, I told him I asked him to let's go for a coffee, and you know I got to get a couple of things off my chest, and that's when Snowy was GM at the time. And, you know I said I don't know what, if it's gonna be like this all year, but if it is, like if you can move me or or what. Snowy is, uh, you know, obviously I played with him for a few years and he's a great guy. And, uh, obviously he didn't move me, but uh, you know, the next year, I think it was the next year, I, I uh, ended up going to uh, Jersey. Devil? Jersey, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, before you end up well, before you end up in New Jersey, one, another guy I want to ask you about, who was the assistant coach that year, uh, who was also a guest on this show a couple episodes ago, uh, was Danny Lacroix. He came over with Teddy, and uh, I would imagine that you yeah. and Danny probably got along pretty well. Oh yeah, I got along yeah. with Danny. Yeah. Yeah, Danny was a good guy. He, uh, you know, he played the game hard. He was a tough guy, and you know, he knew, uh, you know, he knew our mindsets because he was, he was one of us, you know. So he yeah. knew it was, it was a tough job, and you know, it's sitting on the bench for, you know, twelve minutes, thirteen minutes, and getting shoved out there to try to do something. That, you know, it's tough. It's not, it's not easy playing five, six minutes a game. Yeah. You know, most of the times you're uh, first few you're trying to get your legs going, and by then it's it's a third period, and you know, last yeah. ten minutes, you know, you're not getting out there. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a blowout. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it that that's a tough, you know, part of playing this role, and it's not so much a role, but I guess it was back then. But you know, it's definitely uh, it's definitely tough to do, but you know, I wouldn't give it up for anything though. Uh, and one guy you played with this year is someone who is one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, probably, depending on if, if you rank these guys, whatever, uh, arguably maybe a top 10, top 15 tough guy of all time, uh, and that's Chris Simon. Uh, for me, I had met yeah. him a long time before that in Quebec, and just the fact that on the back of I always say this with certain guys, the fact that on the back of Chris Simon's hockey card it says New York Islanders, uh, that's huge for me because I absolutely love the guy. So, um, what was your experience playing with Cy? Oh, great! I love Cy. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, obviously we had that first uh, First Nation uh, Indigenous ties, and mm-hmm. you know, he was he was a tough man, Chief. He was a, he was a very tough, and he had a lot of skill. He scored yeah. thirty in uh, scored thirty in Wash. So, yeah, you know, he had he knew the game. He could play the game, and he was a tough tough man he was a left he he, he could chuck him I can tell you like, especially back in his in his prime in his early years like he was he was giving it to everyone like Ty he yeah. was you know he was he was no joke when he was with the Nordiques and then with Colorado plus yep. with his long hair mm-hmm. he was scary as hell scary as hell it um it had to be not you know it had to be scary because uh you saw him snap a few times too uh with the, I, usually it was against the Rangers. I think there was an incident yeah. with uh, Hallway maybe or something. Yeah. I mean that 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 guy, you know. And it's funny because I try to tell people if if you catch him on a regular day, whatever, where he's not, he hasn't 
basically lost his mind. He's the most mild-mannered, polite individual, soft-spoken guy that you'll oh, yeah. ever meet. You just don't want to get him when his wires are crossed. No, his wires are touching. He's losing it. And yeah. He got uh, he got hit from behind pretty good by Holloway, and yeah. uh, I kind of turned around. He didn't really see much of the play, and then I seen him get up, and <laughs> and then you know the rest. Yeah. The, the, the tomahawk chop to the to the face, mm. and I'm not sure. Sh- not sure what he, how many games he got uh, got there. I think he was twenty, wasn't it? Something like that. It was something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, after you know, he was he was pretty upset with his, you know, about what happened. And, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, I don't think anyone would, but you know, uh, what happens when you poke a bear? You know, <laughs> a big bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big bear with a mean left, You know, oh. so uh, yeah, he. Uh, Knocked that one out of the park for sure. Yeah. Well, if I, if for everyone who's listening, uh, I got one of my best men on the job. I got Kevin Kaminsky is uh, trying to hook up uh, connect Sai and I together to uh, to get him on the show. So everyone, keep your fingers crossed because uh, I think that would be an amazing episode. Uh, you know, like I said, I love the guy. I'd probably uh, fanboy out a little bit before we start recording because I haven't spoken to him in a while. But uh, but I hope I can get him on the show. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I can yeah. try to shoot him a text too and. Uh... Oh. Try, to, try to get you guys in contact. The more the merrier. Trust me, that'd be great. So uh, yeah, he's he's. Uh, I, I I think he's in Wawa. I think he's back uh, on his reservation, and yeah. uh, you know I think uh, he's doing well now. He's uh, getting healthy and good. You know, getting there. You know, everything seems to be going well. So it's uh, it's really good to hear. That's great. That's great. Um, one of the things I've always said about the way the game is, let's people say progress, but I just say the way it is now is. Uh, when, you, when you take away a lot of the toughness, you take away a lot of the characters, you take away a lot of character players, um, guys that just get it, have a good time, whatever, and, you know, just, just you, you, it's a serious business, but you can have fun, too, and this season, and it's a picture that I think a lot of people have seen, and I, I think it was a game uh, against Buffalo, and before the game, I think, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was a retro night, whatever they were doing, and you came out for warm-ups wearing a big Afro wig. Uh, yeah. What was the impetus behind that? Well, it was actually funny. I I had uh, I had an assistant that year. Uh, one of my uh, at the time my girlfriend, but obviously she, she's my wife now. Mm-hmm. She had a friend that uh, you know was looking for something to do, and you know I'm not good with doing the bills and the rent and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I asked him. I said, Hey, you want to come down to New York? You can live with us. I just got. You know, two English Bulldogs who were puppies, so I needed help with that when I was gone. I was like, I'll pay you so-and-so for the month. Come up for the eight months and, uh, you know, be my uh, my helper. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yeah, perfect. So he came up and lived with us and <laughs> took care of everything. It was uh, it was hilarious. So I never had an assistant. That was my first time, but he earned his money, I tell you that. And how does that correlate to the wig? Oh, the wig! It was his idea. Oh, okay. And uh, it was him and my girlfriend's idea, and they're like, "Why don't you, you know, it's retro '80s? Now, yeah. So why, why don't you go with the afro? And you know, Clark Gillies had a big one, and you know, all the guys. Like, mm-hmm. that's actually a good idea. <laughs> so uh, it was morning skate, and I, I, I asked Teddy, I say, "Hey, you know, it's retro night. I'm thinking on, mm-hmm. you know, would you mind if I wore a wig out to, for warm up?" He's like, "Oh, I love it. So, like, Give her." <laughs> So, I, so we picked up this big Astro and ride to the rink and I, I don't think any of the guys knew. Yeah. So I, I actually got on the ice and then I started flying around 
I actually scored two goals that night too. I think. I'm sure you did. I mean, yeah, why not? Right? I, yeah, I actually think I did. I was. I should have wore that every friggin' while. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, was, I remember Briere gave me a yeah. look. Dupont were looking up, and yeah. you know, I got a pretty good laugh out of it. So, um, season ends. I guess yeah, you're a free agent. Uh, you'd already talked about you know how things didn't really work out with Teddy there. Um, were you ever thinking about coming back to the Islanders, or in your head did you think it was time to move on? No, I, I definitely wanted to come back. I, yeah. I love the island. And, you know, I love the guys. And, you know, I, I, that, that's the thing with me. Like, every team that I was on, you know, I was willing to stay. I wanted to stay. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. things didn't work out. They brought a different guy in. Or, you know, you know how the business works. And, yeah. But, yeah, I, I always was very loyal. I wanted to just be an islander. And mm-hmm. things didn't work out. And, you know, I had, had to pack up and... Uh, Drive down I ninety five. Yeah, and uh, when you went to the Devils, your coach was former Islander Brent Sutter. And um, as far as like the, the Islander players go, and you know, everyone knows the the names and everything, Brent Sutter is a guy for the career that he had. He kind of flies under the radar as far as really impactful Islanders. But if you look at his numbers and you saw him play, the guy was a very good player. Um, how was he as a? They were all all the Sutter. You yeah, know, they're all battlers and you know, tough family, great family. Mm. Uh, as a coach, he was just coming from junior, so I think he kind of still had that junior mentality. And and uh, I actually got a funny Yogi Bear story. <laughs> this is one of his first. This is his, like his first team meeting. Like the team with the team was picked, and uh, Lou and Yogi were. You know, they're 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 good friends, and he was always around the rink and. So we're having this meeting, and <laughs> right off to the uh, the side of our our dressing room in the practice facility is a steamer and a sauna. So Sutsy's up to it. His meeting, right five minutes in, Yogi Berra comes walking out of the steamer, buck naked, right. <laughs> he looked like a melted candle, right through, right through the middle of the meeting. Right when Sutsy was up there talking, and everyone's kind of giving a giggle and. Brent kind of stops and kind of looks around and is like, well, I think he said to Larry, he goes, Larry, who was that? <laughs> and Larry's like, oh, Alice, that's Yogi. No worry, he's around all the time. So but we had a pretty good kick out of that. But other than that, like he was, I think he, I think it took him a few, uh, you know, maybe a, a year or so to kind of, you know, we're, we're professionals, we're grown men. Yeah. But uh, I, I only had the, you know, the one season under him and uh, we kind of butted heads a few times, but you know, he wants to win. I wanted to win. You know, that's you know, that's what happens. Um, the coach wasn't the only one you butted heads with that year. Uh, you fought a couple of guys. One guy who I think you're pretty good buddies with now, uh, Riley Cote, who was with the Flyers at the time. Uh, you yeah. have a, you have an absolute slugfest with him in New Jersey. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I remember because I think we were we were up two to one and. And Jersey just, you know, seems to seem like they always just beat the shit out of us, beat the shit out of the team. And, you know, uh, Janny was hurt. He had a, he think he threw a shoulder out or he separated his shoulder. And then so there was, it, it was me and, you know, trying to, you know, not, uh, you know, trying to, you know, show him that, you know, we're not going to be pushed around, you know. So Riley was out there, he was running around and, 
remember when I jumped out there, I lined up against him, and Sutter was yelling at me, like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. So I looked at him, I gave him the head nod, and then we scraped, <laughs> and we dropped the gloves and scared off. And, uh, yeah, we had a rock and sock of my fight. He split me for, uh, I think, a four or five over my one eye. And, uh, but we had a good fight. I kind of, uh, you know, got a couple of good ones in at the end to kind of put him down. So it was a, it was a pretty even fight for sure. Yeah, when we, uh, we, you know, you know, Andrew and I and the boys, we, we spent yep. some time in Philadelphia, and, uh, I mean, just watching him progress from the Phantoms to the Flyers, and, I mean, he, yeah. he, whenever they would play Norfolk, his his battles with Sean Thornton were just unbelievable, oh, yeah. and I knew, I know Thornton a little bit, and talked to him before the game, and he's like, yeah, we're going tonight, I know we're going, and, you know, watch this, and it was just unbelievable, I mean, you know, uh, it makes if you feel good for O'Reilly Cote when you look at his stats and you know when he's in the Western League he wasn't really a fighter and where he came from and and the guy ends up playing with the Flyers it's like how could you not like love a guy like that you know what I'm saying? Oh, like and like Riles isn't the biggest guy. Yeah. You know, but his his, his balls he had you know biggest balls in the world and he would uh, you know and he would fight everyone and he did yeah. fight everyone and he never backed down. You know, he was all he toe to toe. He's, you know, just a great teammate, great guy. A lot of, like we had so many laughs together, playing playing with each other, and you know, we just he's just uh, I have nothing nothing bad to say about him as a teammate, as a player. You know, he uh, he worked his nuts off, went through the East Coast, made it to the AHL, and you know, played with the Flyers, and you know, uh, great guy, great family guy, and uh, you know, he's got his little. Uh, little business going now for him which yeah. is great and he's helping a lot of people one thing I'll uh, two things I'll always remember about Riley Cote whenever I saw him I always think he had a black eye and yeah. the other thing that stands out and if he if he still had it I know you'll laugh but I will never forget seeing him when he was at the Phantoms for a lot of their events he would wear this all white suit did he still have it when you played with him I know he had it wasn't a white one, I don't think, but he had a different. He, he had a, like a, he did a, like a bright pink or a hot pink or some type of uh, of suit. Okay, when uh, when he was with the Phantoms, Hilarious. when when he, he was with the Phantoms, when we were oh, when we were with the Phantoms and he was down there, he had from head to toe pearly white suit. It was unbelievable, and you know you you go downstairs and you know guys come out and you know depending on if it's uh, where they're going, they're, you know. Players like to look nice. The guys are coming out, whatever. And here he comes, head to toe in white. I mean, everybody just stopped and stared. It was unbelievable. Cousin Eddie. <laughs> exactly. The shoes and everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another guy you fought, an old friend. Uh, you hooked up with in Vancouver, Mike Brown. Yeah, Brownie. Yeah. So uh, you remember that fight in Vancouver? Yeah. I was hung to the gills, I believe. Uh, <laughs> rocks he gets you every time but anyways we uh yeah he uh took a run at me and next thing you know it's we're we're, we're scrapping him yeah we 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 always had a had a good fight there old brownie yeah he uh he, he did well for himself oh, he's yeah. not a big guy either and, you know he uh he did well and i'm not, sh I'm not sure when he retired but it wasn't that long ago i don't think i don't remember actually no well, good for him though uh, your last fight that year was against an Islander, short-term Islander, Matthew Spiller. Uh, I don't remember where that was, if it was in Jersey or on the island. I don't know if you remember that one. 
That was in Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. This there's actually a little backstory, but I don't know if I should say it or not. But anyways, I will. Okay. <laughs> no problem here. Anyways, because because you see Weeksy going crazy on the bench and all this stuff. Oh, uh, like a couple nights before, we're in Colorado. Me, Marty, John Madden, uh, Jay Pantolfo. You know, we land in Colorado. We don't play for two more nights. So we're like, hey, let's, let's go crap, you know, a couple beers, get last call. So we end up going to this establishment. And we get last call. And so we're just sitting there and, you know, minding our business. And these two guys, they, they're actually there's three of them. They're walking out and they notice Marty, bro, there. So these guys start chirping Marty. It's chirping Marty. And anyways, we finish up our drinks and we're walking out and just <laughs> chirping, chirping Marty. And these the two of them are in like nurses, like uh, nurse, uh, what are they called? The greens or whatever they're called. They must have just came from work. Or, oh, okay. Like, whatever that is. Whatever, yeah, whatever those things are called. Yeah. Or, scrubs? Scrubs? Scrubs. That's okay. That's yep. it. Scrubs. So, uh, they're chirping, chirping, and finally I had enough. I had a little bit of buzz, so I was like, "Come on, then!" So I took my suit jacket off. I handed it to Marty. I was like, "Hey, I'll be right back." <laughs> they're in a cab waiting for me, so I go out there and I'm fighting these three guys. And I uh, first guy comes running at me, and I just throw a, a right, drop him. Second guy, right, drop him. Third guy, right, drop him. So I threw three punches. I dropped these guys. Two of them get back up, running after this guy. Tries like a karate kick at me, and I just time him and just and hit him with another one drop him and then the other guy comes and hammer him and drop him <laughs> anyways I threw five punches I knocked these guys down five times and ended up just jumping in the cab and going back to hotel and these guys were looking at me like it was like what the hell <laughs> but growing like growing up and I fought more in the street than I did on the ice I guess yeah well I grew up with brothers and you know mm -hmm. I, you know, I but, but anyways and that so the next so we ended up having a few beers leave and beat up these guys Go back. We play Colorado. We end up winning, I believe, and then we get back home and we play the Islanders a few nights later. And that's when I played the Spiller, mm. and I throw the one punch and and uh, and, and drop them. And that's why Marty, or you see all these guys on the bench going crazy because of the <laughs> the Colorado. So, so yeah, we had we had a pretty good chuckle about that. But Spiller, I I didn't really know anything about him. Yeah, you know, I kind of just chipped the puck out, and you know, a guy probably you know wanted to. You know, get a good reputation, start, mm -hmm. you know, kind of get his name out there. And, Definitely. You know, I got a, you know, timed him very well, had a good grip of him, and he, uh, he couldn't get at me at all, and I, I just knew that, you know, he was going to try to do something. And yeah. I just waited for him to grab that other arm and try to throw a left, and I came over with my right, and good night. Well, in the, um, good. yeah, well, in the intro to part one or the outro, I don't remember which one it was, I made mention to the uh, interview you did with TR on his uh, original podcast where uh, you guys get into a lot of your off-the-ice stuff back when you were younger. And, you know, yeah. I, I try to tell people, for all the stuff you did on the ice, and, and your stories off the ice are insane. And I put you up there right with Darren Kimball as far as uh, off-the-ice stuff. It's just bananas. But, uh, oh, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, that would have been uh, something to see that night in Colorado, I bet. But it's not surprising in the least. Yeah, yeah. If you ever run into any of those guys, just just ask them. Cause I, <laughs> I, I don't want people thinking of making it up, but no. Yeah, it was it was it was hilarious. No, I I, I can I listen. I'll vouch for you. <laughs> I, I I'm well aware of your exploits, and you know it, it's not bragging if you can do it. So uh, yeah. so 
it, it, I, uh, I know you're not bullshitting anyone here. So as much as I would like to say, I think you were born to be a hockey player, you were born to be a New York Islander, I think if I'm being honest with myself, you were born to be a hockey player, but you might have been born to be a Philadelphia Flyer. And uh, I think you ended up, you played the one year in Jersey. How did you end up in Philadelphia? Well, I was having a lot of problems with my hands. And and, and then, like, my, my last year, in, I think, with the, with the Islanders, I think I, I only had, like, maybe five or six fights. Like, I had a torn wrist. and So finally got it fixed and, uh, over the summer. Went in, and then uh, got a call from Paul Holmgren. And, you know, he's like, you've been fighting us for so many years. You guys want to come and join, <laughs> come and join us. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I was... Like for sure, you know, I, you know, we have uh, Philly had a, you know, we had a little bit of a fan base back home with, with with the Flyers, and I had some buddies that were big Flyers fans. I was a Flyer, you know, I used to love watching Reggie Leach play there. And, yeah. You know, uh, so I was like for sure, and uh, you know what a time that was. It was yeah. uh, my hand healed up finally, and you know I, I felt like it was a hundred percent, and you know uh, I went in that year swinging. <laughs> well, and for people that don't follow or didn't follow, say, the American League, you know, years ago in the in the um, 80s, 90s, whatever, um, Philly had a player named John Stevens who spent most of the time in Hershey. Uh, you know, good character guy, a very, very smart hockey man. He's a, basically a lifer in the Flyer organization. I think he went to L.A. for a little bit, but um, he was the head coach when, when you were there, uh, and the assistants were two pretty tough guys, Craig Berube and Jack McElhargy. So um, you basically had three guys on the bench that I think could really appreciate your style. Oh, what, like those guys were Jack and uh, Jack Mack and, and, and Chief, this unbelievable assistant coaches. They, you know, Johnny had, you know, even though Johnny wasn't, you know, a hard ass, but, you know, he had coaches they got to play that role yeah you know I, I i played against johnny i think mm -hmm. his i think my first year and his last year in the minors mm -hmm. and, you know so i kind of kind of knew him that way but it's uh i didn't mind him yeah i didn't mind johnny at all and i just love jack yeah i just love mac i love chief and uh you know it was uh it, it was definitely a fun year and you know i just came up against pittsburgh and uh this couldn't get by him sid gino it's tough dude now, is it better to be on the same bench with Riley Cote as opposed to dropping the gloves with him? Oh, it was, we had <laughs> we we had we had so many laughs. Yeah. It's like because usually you know we are usually in the middle, you know, sitting you know, so we'd have a lot of great great chats. We play mm -hmm. the, the the score clock game, and, you know. Yeah. Riley usually had candies in his gloves or gums or something <laughs> for the first period, so we'd sit much on that. It was, uh, but yeah, it was definitely great having him as a teammate because you knew every game he was, he was looking for it. He, he you know, he, he wanted it. So, you know, definitely nice having him on my team. You know, I think the first guy, believe it or not, in all the years I've been a hockey fan, the first guy that I ever knew that put stuff in the cuffs of his glove or the the wrist guard of his gloves was actually Simon. He, he used to keep uh, back in his Washington days. I think he used to keep double bubble in there or something like that. I never, yeah, I never ever thought of that. And then it, once I. Once I saw that, I'm like, that that actually makes a lot of sense, you know. I think uh, Stalk Stalker had that too at Montreal, I believe. Oh, is that he right? Usually had, yeah, usually had something in his gloves. Another great guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I uh, 
he's unbelievable, and he's a character too. I mean, uh, oh, you know. Now you played with um, a couple of guys here. We already talked about Riley, Josh Gratton, another super super tough guy. Um, you know, never took a backward step to anybody, uh, and also a guy that's been been in the news. I'm not going to ask you anything that you don't want to say. We'll stick to the hockey aspect of it. But uh, for Dan Carcillo, you played with him and Josh Gratton. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Josh Gratton. I, I saw him play with the, with the Phantoms again while I was down there. I think that guy is ultimate warrior. Uh, what, do you have any memories of Josh? And then um, as far as Dan Carcillo goes, just uh, what kind of a teammate was he? And I don't need you to go into anything because I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Uh, but uh, what are your memories of those two guys as teammates? Well, Gratz, and, you know, we're like all of us, like me, Carbon, Gratz, Riles, you know, we're all kind of cut out of the same cloth. And, yeah. You know, we, uh, you know, we did our job and, you know, we battled and, you know, we like to, uh, you know, we like to have some fun off the ice and the partying and stuff. But, you know, Gratz was just, he was an animal. Yeah. He, he, he could, he threw him hard and he wide open, not too much defense, you yeah. know, but. You know, another guy that could that could play the game. He wasn't he wasn't just out there to fight. Like he could, you know, he had a good shot. He he read the game well. You know, just a great guy. He uh, he was having some problems with his head, his concussions. I read a I read a story last week, but you know, he's back on track. He's training. Good. You know, uh, he's healthy, which is great. And uh, you know, he's he's taking steps forward, which is uh, you know, which I think is important for everyone. And same as Dan. You know, car bomb. And, you know, that's all we did all year was laugh. You know, yeah. we had we had Hart we had Hartnell there, we had Richie and Carts, Chemo mm-hmm. teaming in, you know, we had Lappy, we had Prong, like we had a a second year we had a you know, we had a great group and you know, uh you know, all the stuff with Dan now is yeah. you know, that's his beliefs and yeah. you know, uh I'm his friend, I'm gonna support whatever he does. I might not believe in a lot of this you know, believe in everything he he's going with, but you know, I'm his friend, I'm gonna be stick behind him 100 percent and you know if he needs some help with anything i'm going to be there for him and you know it's uh he's going through a situation that you know none, none of us know what's going on in his head and yeah. he's trying to do uh you know better for, for himself better for you know players that we're going through that stuff and yeah you know i take my hat off to him and i'm there for him if he ever needs me that's for sure well that's just the kind of guy you are so that's not a surprise um What's it like? Your first fight with with the Flyers was against Mike Rupp, and it was in Philly. And the crowd, you, every home crowd enjoys a fight. I mean, I know people, you know, the New Age fans and whatever would like you to think that fighting isn't popular. But everybody that's ever been to a game knows that it's the only time in a game when the whole crowd stands up. So, but when you fight in Philly uh, and you do well in a fight and the crowd goes crazy, is it a little different? Oh, it's definitely different. Philly fans are, it, they're, they're hard to explain. Like, nope, <laughs> there's, they're passionate. You know, they, yeah. I, I, I just love my time there. Yeah. You know, playing it, playing in front of those fans, and I'm, I, I always remember coming in and, and very, very intimidating. You know, it's intimidating building to go into, especially when it was the old Spectrum. Yeah. You know, going in there in the in the minors, and it was, you know, it was terrifying. You got Frank. Frankie Pia Lois, yeah. you know, these guys running around and <laughs> but uh, you know, the you know, the Wakobi at the time it was it, it was hopping and you know, it was uh you know, two two great years of uh, my career there and 
you know, we almost uh, walked away with the cup. Yeah. Um, an Islander that you fought uh, that year was Tim Jackman. Um, yeah. You, I think you fought him twice in the preseason, and you fought him uh, <laughs> once in the regular season. Uh, do you remember any of those fights with Tim? Yeah, you're wrong. There. I am? Well, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I fought him once in the preseason and two in the regular season. All right. Well, I, like we discussed earlier, math is not well, my I'm strong suit. I'm just saying, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to correct you here. We strive for accuracy. The first uh, <laughs> exhibition, it was kind of like a scrum, and, you know, nothing was really thrown, and uh, our second one was in Philly, and, <laughs> you know, I I know how to fight big, tall guys, you know, lanky guys without getting much damage, and we had a good fight there at the end. I, you know, I... Well, if I hit him with a solid one, but he kind of off balance. It looked like he did. He, he went down, and the fans looked crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one in the island was that was uh, yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, right bomb. Um, one thing I know I'm right about because I can just guess it every year. You fought Cam Jensen again this year. Uh, I think it was in Philly. He was definitely with St. Louis. Uh, more yeah. of the same. I mean, it's like bring a lunch when you fight this guy. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, it's they're long. They're always long, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he actually he, he hit me with a good one and kind yeah. of put me to my knees, and I kind of got up and kind of got got him uh, got him towards the end. But all all their fights are like that. Mm-hmm. They're long. They're marathons. Good fights, entertaining, and uh, you know, no one got hurt. Had him mm-hmm. on the ass, the job, and uh, you know, it was all part of the all part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um. You had a very good fight with uh, Coletta. Was it Patrick Coletta, uh, Buffalo? Yeah. You remember yep. that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I that hope was, so. That was just toe-to-toe, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he, yeah he, he hit me a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I had, like, little Barney Rubbles all over my head. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. But, yeah, we, 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 had a, we had a great deal. That I hit him. I didn't throw much, many laps when I, you know, but that one I... That was probably one of my best laps I've thrown, and I I, I don't know if you can it shows it on on, on the video, but I, uh, I I hit him pretty good. But we had a we had a great kill. I actually met him through the NHL doing the the learn to play programs. Yeah. And we had a meeting there. I went out, had some beers with him, had a lot of laughs. Just a great guy, really yeah. good guy. Yeah. He played the game hard. Played mm-hmm. the game hard. You know, he's uh, but he was he was tough. He you could chuck him. He definitely could chuck him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we go into the next season, and uh, same similar cast of characters you had, but the Flyers did make an addition, um, and unfortunately he's no longer with us, but another guy, real character of the game, and everybody likes a goalie who's tough, and that's uh, Sugar Ray Emery. Yeah, yeah, poor, poor Sugar, you know. Uh, but, yeah, he was he was a competitor. He was, yeah. you know, that year, if, if, if he was healthy and he didn't go through his hip problems, we, I think we would have beat Chicago. Like, yeah, no, you know, nothing against uh, against late or anything like that. But you know, he wasn't. He came from the minors, and you know, yeah. he, we had a great defense, and you know, he he did play great for us against Boston and and uh, and then uh, Montreal. But uh, you know, I think if we had Ray, you know, I think uh, I think we would have had a uh, definitely had a chance to uh, to win that series. And, you know, uh, but uh, he was a great guy, great teammate, and it's just, uh, just what a, what a loss. Uh, you know, 
so young, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was just yeah. uh, it was definitely tough news. Car, actually, Car Bomb actually called me and, and and told me about it. Oh, that's how you found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he called me because they're they're tight, and uh, I think I got a call from Riles after, and uh, you know, had a little cry. And, yeah, for sure. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. Um, this season marked. Um, it began your series of fights with uh, someone I know that we're both very fond of, and that's uh, Zen and Kanapka, your poker buddy now. Yeah. Uh, he was with uh, Tampa at the time. I think you fought him a total of five times, and uh, this season you fought him twice, I believe. I could be wrong, but at least twice. Um, first fight I remember was very good, and then the second fight, I think the officials jumped in early. I don't think either of you guys were happy about that. I think that one was in Tampa, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know what it was. I mm-hmm. I was it, was it was going good. I I had him tied up pretty good. I, I I hit him with a couple good ones, and then and the refs like jumped in quick, and I was I, I was like, what the, you know? Yeah. I fought him like I I know he's you know he's, he's coming back. He's not done. You know, he wants to continue fighting. And, yeah. You know, they jumped in. It was it was weird, but I was you know, tired. I guess I don't know why. It was weird. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt bad for him because it, you know, it, it looked good on my part. Because yeah. I, I got, you know, I had the first, you know, the first little bit of the fight. I was actually doing pretty good, but then the ref jumped it for some reason. But you know, new NHL now. Yeah. Well, all the time. If I if I get a chance to ask him, I'm going to ask him the same question. Who's a better poker player? Oh my God, that's an easy question. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. Okay, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what he says. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he's gonna say the same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in my notes here, it, I'm gonna read it verbatim. Ho hum! Another classic fight with Cam Jensen, but we've spoken enough about Cam. Um, you came to um, Van Riemsdyk's defense. Uh, he was laid out by Colby Armstrong in a game against Atlanta. Uh, do you yeah. remember that hit? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know they were. Uh, I think they were kind of jabbing each other off the off the draw, and uh, you know, Colby's a Western boy. He yeah. uh, you know, plays the game hard. And, Laid a nice hit, and uh, I thought it was a little late, mm-hmm. but you know, I went in there and uh, had to do my uh, do my thing, yeah. like uh, like anyone else would. So. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, that's the thing. Not anyone else would. Um, some people. Would. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not. I, I didn't mean it that way. I'm yeah. saying, like anyone else would do. Would have done the same thing. So yeah. That was just the first guy there. Right, but I, I'm right. saying uh, there were some guys on. You could pick any bench in the league, and not everyone would jump in. They should. But uh, not, I don't think everyone would. But, uh. I, I think G, uh, Giroux was on the ice. We had me, G, and Reamer, I think. So I, G wasn't there. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't want G to do it. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um, you had a little thing with Matt Cook. Now, I'm, I'm not a big Matt Cook fan. Um, I know he, he, you became a teammate, isn't he? could be a great guy. I don't know. Um, did he bite you? Yeah, he did. Now, he, he denied it, but... Is that something that you guys may have discussed when you were teammates? No, we yeah we talked about it. No, we definitely we definitely talked about it. I was uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember because there was a scrum and kind of jumped on him around and I was obviously trying to give him you know the face wash. And yeah. My hands got close to his mouth and he clamped it on. And that's why I went crazy. I was, I was literally trying to break his neck, I was punching him <laughs> back of his neck as hard as I could. <laughs> I was I was pissed. And then uh, the next year, he's kind of, you know, water under the bridge. Yeah. Talked, had a little chat about it. And, you know, uh, that was it. And, uh, you know, cookie's cookie. <laughs> I didn't the game hard. 
plays the game hard. Great guy. Like I, I got along with him good. Uh, you know, he just uh, he played his role well. Did uh, Did he admit it to you that he bit you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he, yeah. in the I mean, obviously in the papers he's going to say he didn't, but he, he said he didn't yeah. bite you. So I just want to I just want to uh, you know get it on the record that he actually admit that he bit you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll try to rub his face and you know give him a friggin' fish hook. So yeah. I would have done the same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> um, as you mentioned already, this season um, you made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and um, yeah. uh, what what is that like? What's the journey like? Because um, you know, I think everybody, you know, if people are being realistic, no matter what sport you like, it's the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win. And uh, because even teams that necessarily don't play a certain way in the regular season, you have to play that way in the playoffs. And it's just a different animal, playoff hockey, different animal. Even now, with the how passive the game is in the regular season, it gets turned up a little bit in the playoffs. And it's the ultimate grind. And... Um, you know, you played regular. You played twenty three games in the playoffs. I mean, what? Yeah. You you do go through a whole regular season. You start the second season. Uh, I mean, what what is the feeling of uh, being on a team where you're not so much that I don't want to get to the point where you're so close, but you don't win it, but just that you play your first round, you win, you play your second round, and you're driving that way. That that's got to be an amazing thing. Oh, it's it's like this season is an unbelievable grind as it is, and then. You know, the goal is to make the playoffs. Like, yeah. And we came down to the, our last game. We went into a shootout against the Rangers to, uh, you know, to see who would make the playoffs. And we ended up, uh, you know, winning that shootout. Going in against Jersey, we played Jersey well all year. I think we we're 4-1, 5-1 against them. So, you know, we kind of had their number. So going into the Jersey, you know, we were very comfortable. And, you know, I think we beat them at 5 and uh, we went into Boston and we kind of stumbled over the gate. And, you know, next thing you know, we're down 3 nothing, <clears throat> going into overtime in game four. And, you know, uh, Gaggy scored a huge goal and Richards hit Krejci and broke his wrist and it just kind of changed the series. And, you know, once you win that first game, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if it was just me, but I, I think everyone just had that gut feeling that, you know, that we knew we could do it. We went back and won game five, <laughs> went there, won game six. All right, no, actually, we won game five there. We came back home, we won game six. And then back to Boston, down 3 nothing in the first period. Huge timeout by Lavi. Reamer scores a big first goal for us, and it snowballed from there. Yeah. After that first, even after, once that timeout happened, once we scored that first goal and we went back in the dressing room, I, we were like, we're going to win this game, boys. Like, we knew it. We knew we were going to win it, and yeah. it just snowballed. And let me tell you, what a feeling that was! That yeah. was like winning a Stanley Cup there. Like it, it was just unreal. And then we went into Montreal and beat them in five, and you know, and then we made it to the dance. Something you, every hockey player dreams about, you know, ever since we could walk. And you know, I won it a million times in the streets, and <laughs> you know, I finally had my chance to uh, to play for it. And, you know, uh, just unfortunately, uh, you know, we came up short. And, but uh, but what a run! And, you know, the, the the city was electric. The the game, the fans were unreal. It was just uh, you know, it was one of the highlights. Definitely the highlight of my career was you know getting a chance to play for uh, definitely the hardest trophy to win in sports for sure. I um, Philly, you know, we we talked about this 
uh, before we started recording the first one. I love, I love the city. Uh, I love the people, and and uh, you know, I, I don't think I, they're on the internet more, and they're on the little clips and everything. The Philly fans about the crazy stuff that they do, but I, I, the, to me, they're just passionate. And yeah, you get a couple of nut jobs that do a little crazy thing, but I, I, I was there. We lived there when the Phillies won the World Series, and. Um, we were there when the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl, even though they didn't uh, they didn't win against New England at the time. Um, it would have been a me. I would I would have loved to have been there when if you guys would have won. Uh, and actually, I, I I guess I was. It would it would have been unbelievable to win in that city because oh. what you know it's an Eagles town. I mean, there's no question it's an Eagles town. But the Flyers really, uh, you know, the Phillies they love the Phillies, they love the Sixers, but. I mean, it's a blue-collar town for a blue-collar team. When the Flyers eventually win the Stanley Cup, it's going to be unbelievable. Oh, it's going to be insane. Yeah. Insane. Like, uh, it, 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 it's hard to explain, you know, how you know, passionate and, you know, how crazy those playoff games were. I, I, I had friends and family that came down, and, and they were just, they just couldn't believe it. You know, it was you know, that's why they got some of the best fans in the world in Philly, for sure. And and I tell people this that I'm not a basketball fan at all. I don't I don't get it. I don't hate it, but it's just not my cup of tea. But I was living there when they made it to the finals against the Lakers, and even I kind of you don't you kind of get lost in it. You kind of get wrapped up in it because the city gets so behind the team. And not that yeah. not that I lived or died with the Sixers. I I couldn't care less. I mean, obviously it would have been great if they won, but I. It, the city is such a great sports town that I know. Yeah. I know when the Flyers win, it's it's going to be insane. Now, in uh, your first season there, you had your career high in fights in the regular season, seventeen, and then your second season there, you had fourteen more. Um, is it just something about the jersey, that logo, the city that just kind of it, it? You get into that Flyer mentality. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is. You walk through, everyone talks about, like, you know, you played in Montreal and you have the, the ghosts of Montreal with the, all the great players that played there. And the Flyers have had some great players, but everybody knows what the Flyers are known for. And as a player, are you, obviously you're aware of the history, but yeah. when you play for the Flyers, you're a Flyer. And it's, you're, you're part of a history of tough players. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. You, it, you know, definitely adds feel to the Flyer for sure. You know, uh, I I was healthy. My you know my my hands were healthy, and you know it's just go in there scrapping. And, you know it's, that's how that team played. You know, and they continued that tradition of hard nosed hockey, and I just bought into it, and uh, you know did what I could for my team, and you know uh, stick up for my team and try to win hockey games. I'm sure they miss you there. Um, I mean, I'm sure every uh, everywhere you played, they miss you. But uh, I know everyone misses you here. But uh, like I said, I mean, I, I I defend Philly fans. People say you're a New Yorker. I do defend Philly fans, and I say I lived there for ten years. I know the city, and um, you know they're just great fans. I guess one thing I do want to ask you: did, when you lived there, did you have a favorite cheesesteak place? Yeah. Which one? I did. It was uh, Jim's cheesesteaks on South Street. Okay, that Jim's is a very good place, absolutely. Uh, best place, I think. Well, I don't think it's the best. I think it's well, good. Who, who, do you, who do you have, number one? Tony Luke's. 
No, Tony Lutz is number two. No, come on, come on. Listen, the, bre- the bread, the bread, the bread does it all. I'm going to tell you who's number Jim's two. Got, Jim's got the best bread. I'm going to tell you who's number two, and you may. You tell me, Pat or Gino. No, 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 no. And the reason why I'm going to say you may have never had it is because it's not down towards Center City or South Street. It was actually in the northeast up where we live. Now, there's a bridge, Coney Palmyra Bridge, for people who aren't familiar. It's one of the bridges that connect uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia with New Jersey. Right over the bridge, when you cross into Philadelphia, in, it's in the middle of row homes. If you, if you drive too fast, you'll miss it. It's a place that used to be called Chinks. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Did you ever hear it? No. Okay. No. So it used to be called Chinks, of course, with the... And it's actually... They were ahead of their time. The guy wasn't Asian. It was a nickname he had for when he was a kid. But, of course, people complain. Now it's called Joe's. Okay? And okay. this place... Oh, is that why it's number two? No, because I... I, <laughs> I <laughs> no, I'm actually mad they changed the name. I'm, I'm old school. I want them to still be Chinks. But we... That place is, and because it's it's away from the city, a lot of people don't know it. But that is my number two. Jim's, I would okay. say, is third. But no, don't. Jim's. Uh, we're gonna. All right, we got to get off the topic. We're just gonna argue about it. We'll have to take a trip down there one day. Jim's. All right. Tony Loops. And then I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. We'll say Joe's number three. Well, Pat and Gino's is no. The tourist. Tra- they're tourist no. attractions. No, absolutely not. Uh, but one day maybe we'll take a ride down there. We'll get all three and uh, and we'll decide. But uh, I'll give you. Maybe Jim. I'll, hit, I'll I'll hit up G for some tickets. We'll go watch the game and have a cheese stick up. Perfect. Absolutely. So uh, how'd you end up with the Penguins? Uh, Dan Blasmo was there. Yeah. Uh, he was the head coach. I had Dan in in. Uh, he was an assistant with the Islanders mm-hmm. when I was here, and uh, you know he you know liked my game and you know knew I could play and. Uh, you know, asked me to come over and, and and join. You know, they're they're a club that I thought was close to winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I, I signed a two, I believe I signed a two year deal, and you know, and uh, Sid and Gino got hurt, and you know, we I had a great series against against uh, against Tampa, and you know, uh, it was just uh, it's tough when you got two you two of the best players in the world injured, and uh, you know we. Uh, we kind of blew it against Tampa. We were up 3-1 and ended up uh, losing at 7. I mean, it's got to be hard for someone like you to replace both Sid and Gino, right? I mean, you can only do so much. Well, I tried. <laughs> I was the leading goal scorer, tied with the leading goal scorer on the team in the playoffs. So I did my best. Yeah, three and seven games. That's not too bad. Three and one, I think. Three goals and assists. So yep. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good for it playing uh, seven minutes a night. Yeah, <laughs> not too bad. You were, uh, your first fight in the regular season was against uh, Adam McQuaid, and uh, uh, as my notes say, the fight started slowly, but then it just erupted into this war. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I believe I do. He's a big, tough kid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just playing hard, and next thing you know, you know we're scrapping. And, uh, started off a little slow, trying to, you know, kind of never seen him fight before. I didn't really know much about him, so I was just kind of trying to get a read and then. From there, it was just, uh, you know, just punch each other in the face and <laughs> go from there. Um, and believe it or not, you managed to fight uh, Z two more times this year. Uh, you were obviously with Pittsburgh. He had moved to the island. So that created quite the conundrum for me. 
Uh, I just didn't want anyone to get hurt. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I think what happened was that he skated by you and said he's a better poker player, and you couldn't handle that. <laughs> so. Yeah, it seems like we always, uh, you know, we always met up. We were, you know, similar size, you know, doing all we have to do to, uh, you know, be a regular and uh, try to stay in the lineup. And, you know, we always had good kills. No one got, uh, got hurt too bad. So, yeah. it was, uh, you know, it's part of the game. Um, your first year back, well, your first year with Pittsburgh, we had already discussed Eric Goddard, uh, and he was not there your second year. Um, Steve McIntyre played a few games, but he was he was used very minimally. Um, I don't think Derek, I think Derek Englund is a little more established now. I don't know how established he was back then. And I don't think uh, Brooks Ork, but his, his main goal, even though he's a monster, um, he doesn't really go looking for it. So... When a guy like Goddard is gone, and even though you're not a heavyweight in stature, I mean, you'll fight anybody, um, does, did that change your role that second year without Goddard and only having Steve McIntyre play for 12 games? Uh, not really. You know, Engel was, you know, in the minors, he was he was tough. In junior, he fought. You know, you know we knew he, you know, he could obviously, you know, help help the situation. And with Mac, yeah, everyone was just terrified of the guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's huge. He threw both. Very technical. Very good fighter. You know, guys were just terrified of him. Yeah. You know, uh, and then there was me who you know just doing my thing. But uh, you know, Engel, it, it, it was tough losing Godley, like especially for the dressing room. Like just an unbelievable teammate, and you know, funny in the dressing room. Everyone loved him. Yeah. His wife was great. You know, it was it, it was definitely a tough loss losing him, and uh, you know, but he went on to Calgary and you know did well for himself there. So. Yeah. But it's uh, you know it's always tough losing uh, losing a guy like you know like like Eric. But uh, you know we had we had Mac and then we had uh, we had Engel who uh, who played the game hard. We, you know Max Talbot he didn't fight heavyweight, but you know he was always there to you know to, to do what he could. You know and. Uh, you know, it was just uh, it was just unfortunate that uh, you know Sid was doing going through his you know his head problems and you know Gino at the ACL. It was just tough. Now, this season, everybody um, always talks about the Jay Beagle incident, and uh, yeah, I think first the thing that annoys me about it is uh, everyone wants to talk about what happened afterwards. Nobody talks about what led up to it. Where you were actually defending a teammate, you were actually stepping in for Chris Le- uh, Letang. Uh, you were actually doing your, you know, doing part of your job, stepping in for a teammate, uh, and you ended up in a fight with Jay Beagle. You, you knocked him out, um, and you, you did the sleep thing and everything. Um, and I know, I know how you felt afterwards. I know that you know, yeah. in the heat of the moment, it happens. And I, I think what what people behind the keyboard and especially the media and everything like that who've never had adrenaline like that, who've never been in a situation like that, it's easy to criticize from a distance. But yeah. immediately, and, and I know we've talked about it already, and I know how bad you felt afterwards, nobody talks about the fact that you were stepping up for a teammate, and then nobody talks about how you're tapping your stick on the glass once he got up. Like It was almost like you did that, it was a momentary lapse of judgment, whatever, you felt bad immediately, it it pro I don't know it probably doesn't irritate you anymore it actually still irritates me because I don't let things go but um, sure. take me can you take me through the whole situation with that yeah it was 
Yeah, they, they, it was kind of like a little scrum. Uh, Chris was playing the body and looked, uh, Beagle kind of ripped his helmet off, kind of punched him in the face. And the thing is, people like people think I, I like I went over there and you know I was made you know made him fight. It was it was nothing. I went over there and I was like, hey kid, do that shit again. You're gonna have to fight. And he's like, well let's go now. Then. Like he he wanted to fight. Like I was just going over to tell him because I you know I didn't know who the hell this kid was. He, he you know yeah obviously he had a I, I didn't know, I knew he did fight yeah you know so I wasn't going over there to be a bully and to beat this kid up. It was like hey settle down you keep doing that shit. Mm-hmm. We're going you know and then he was like no we want let's go now so I'm not gonna say no yeah so and then yeah then the fight it was you know. He had a hold of my right, and I was just waiting. He was throwing punches, and I knew once I got my arm settled, and I knew it was, you know, it was going to be fine. And uh, if he wasn't wearing a visor, that first punch would have got him in the nose and, and broke his, and at least, you know, wouldn't have been square in the jaw like my second one was. But yeah. it was it was heat of the moment. I, uh, you know, we always had a great rivalry with Washington, and you know, that stuff after is, you know, I thought he was going to be wasn't going to be on the ice for a minute whatever how long he was on there bleeding like that i didn't really notice how bad he was until i got to the box and turned around and actually seen him still laying there so yeah. it was it was unfortunate i uh i felt terrible terrible about it because mm-hmm. uh right after i right after the game ty actually ty domi was at the game he's down he's friends with mario mm-hmm. mario they're down in the lounge and I got undressed and went in there and went and said hi to Ty and uh, Mario. I was like, oh, I was like, uh, Ty was like, hey man, sticking up your teammate. Don't worry about it. Shit happens. Yeah. You know, Ty was great about it. Mario mm-hmm. was like, you know, shit happened. You know, and then I I went home and then all the, the you know the news and everything. And I was getting calls. I, I just felt awful, so I mm-hmm. I, I, re- I reached out to Mike Knubel who was on the on the Washington. And I was like, hey, you know, how's the kid doing? You know, tell tell him I'm sorry about, you know, the gestures after, you know, stupid and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, they, uh, that's just good, good week, man. A good week I was rattled. Yeah. Couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't sleep. Yeah. Like, just, just getting torn on. Like, that was my, like, I've never been suspended. I've, you know, was always an honest player. You know, my name was kind of being drunk through the mud. And, yeah. You know uh, that that kind of made me pissed off. And, you know, I it was let me tell you, two three nights, not a wink. Yeah, just awful. It was brutal, but uh, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It's something that uh, you know I learned from, and you know I apologize right after. I, I I wasn't asked to apologize. It's not like you're telling me, hey, you know, you could, you know, it, it was I, I meant it. I was you know I wasn't sorry for fight. Right. You know, sorry for my gestures after. I you know. Every fight, you don't want to go in there. You know, you want to go in there and beat the guy, but you don't want to beat him senseless. Yeah. You know? No, of course. You know, so uh, you know, but I felt bad. And, you know, it's good, good week, man. Good week of just getting my name drunk through the, yeah. you know, the trash. It was that was probably the hardest part. Was you know, something that I, uh, you know, I tried uh, having a good, rep- good reputation and you know, one stupid, sh- stupid thing. You know, cost me that so that was, that was probably the hardest thing about it yeah um, it's funny because I'm sure a lot of the criticism most of the criticism was coming from the Washington DC area probably 
by a lot of the same people now who defend every single thing that Tom Wilson does. So they're a little hypocritical uh, on that aspect. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, like I said, it goes to most of the people that are, are critical are behind a keyboard or, you know, writing papers. And, you know, I, I've, you know, maybe once in my life had an adrenaline experience that I, I, I can say most people probably never will experience. And, you know, for someone like yourself, you get into a fight, it's, it's either him or you. And you don't, yeah. however many fights you have in your career, you don't, it's very rare that you get a clean knockout. And the adrenaline yeah. just had to be going, you know, it's it's physical, and it goes through your body, and you did it, and, and like I said, it just makes me laugh, all the criticism you took from a lot of people who have never been in a fight, have never had an adrenaline rush like that before, but it's okay, you know, like I said, uh, you know, the funny thing I always say is the people that are the most critical are the ones who would need, uh, need people to defend them, so, uh, you know. It was like, yeah, it, it was bad, like, yeah. Aaron Ward played with uh, Detroit and so on. He was he was freaking giving it to me on uh, on PSN. Yeah, I got uh, this guy like oh, <laughs> kill that guy when I play. You know? <laughs> but uh, you know, Weeks he stuck up for me. Kevin Weeks stuck up for me, and you know, so you know, it, it was nice to get that support from uh, you know from a few of them. But yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them were throwing daggers, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which hurt. But hey. Have to need throw more than that. I have to not, you know, to keep me down. So, uh, but I learned from it. Hey, yeah, you know, shit happens. So. And and here's the thing. Here's another thing that these people don't understand. Uh, the next game you played Washington, not the next game on the schedule, but the next time you played Washington, you've yep. been you've been through this game enough. You knew someone was coming after you, and yep. your ex teammate John Erskine came a calling. You guys had a fight, and it was over. Yep. Oh, yeah, I knew Yeah, I knew John was, was going to be John. Yeah. Because uh, that game in Pittsburgh, I was like, they, I, I, I was, I played like the last four minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I had like two shifts, and, and Hendricks was, uh, you know, wasn't coming after me. And mm-hmm. I was all, oh, I, I knew he wasn't going to, so I knew it was going to be John. And I think my first shift, I got a, I set up uh, Craig Adams. So, you know, I, I had a good first shift, and then uh, I knew it was right off the draw. I knew, I knew it was going to happen, and skate up, and he was like, he's like, Ash, this came into luck. Yeah. You know, I, I know John. You know, yeah. He's a good guy. You know, mm-hmm. I played with him in, on the island, and I was like, yeah, for sure, man. You've got to do what you got to do, and I obviously wasn't going to say no. You know, yeah. like, you crazy? Yeah, but yeah, for sure, let's go. We had a good fight. Yep. Uh, looked worse than it was, but... I had a couple of good shots in on me. He hit me a few times, but no damage, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Do the crime. I hit <laughs> the time, and let's go. Yep. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, having the fight, you know, it, it, the whole situation, it is what it is. And, and like I said, I think with a lot of people outside of hockey and outside of the, the people who don't quite get the role and everything, you know, the starts with the fight, and then you know, you know, and... A lot of people in your position, well, especially nowadays. I'll even go back to Tom Wilson. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, Tom Wilson ends Lubomir Visnovsky's career with a cheap hit, and then uh, next season, Eric Bolton has to chase him around, chase him around. Wilson never answers, never answers the bell against Bolton. Never ever even looks at him. And 
uh, Scott Mayfield truck. Smart. <laughs> yeah, it's smart. But you know what? You, you knew, you knew that John Erskine was coming after you, and you fought him. And anyone that ever has yep. ever seen John Erskine fight knows that that's no easy task. The guy's an absolute killer. You you knew he was coming after you, and you fought. You you held up your end of the bargain. It's yeah. It's one of the beautiful things that hockey used to have: frontier justice. So now, Wilson ends this guy's career. Now Bolton comes after him, and then Bolton has to spend. I think he is in the preseason, the first time in the regular season. So Wilson wants no part of him. And again, I I don't know if I'd want to fight Eric Bolton to be honest with you. But I know if I uh, if I ended someone's career, I know I'd have to answer the bell. But yeah. Wilson did have time, of course, to fight Anders Lee when Anders Lee came fighting him. So, uh, like I said, I would take any criticism from uh, Washington D.C. with a grain of salt. So, yeah, um, that's, you know. I don't know. That's, that's just, yeah, I don't know, man. Yes, yeah. this shouldn't be shouldn't be like that. Like yeah, the, that's the way the the new players, the new tough guys coming in are. I guess that's. That's how they play the game. Yeah, I mean it's it's refreshing when you watch a guy like Reeves, and you know we're lucky here on the island that we got Ross Johnston here, and you know there's still yeah. there's still you know Lucic is still playing. There's still a few guys that that play the way uh, it should be played. So uh, you know hopefully uh, my biggest fear is that at some point when they do the expansion draft that Ross is not going to be protected and he's going to end up in Seattle. So hopefully I'm wrong, but uh, but well, I like it's it's just I know it's yeah. No, I, I would love to play in this area now. Yeah. Oh. I'm worrying about fighting every yeah. night. Yeah. That guy had skill where I could actually, you know, I could play. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe. I got to actually be able to score 20. Who knows? Oh, that, you know? 20, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. It's, just, uh, it's definitely entertaining, but it's not not entertaining. You know, no. it's weird. It's, <laughs> I, I, I just love hockey so much. Yeah. Even if the planning is not going to be in it, I'm still going to watch it. I still, you know, I still work the calendar. I'm yeah. still involved with the hockey, so you know, I still love taking my boys to it. But my young boy, my uh, my seven year old, always does the good nights, <laughs> good night sleep like the way, which is, which I which I think is funny because I always, you know, YouTube you look up my name, you know, yeah. season fights. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's awesome seeing. No, definitely. No, you you're a lock to get twenty goals nowadays. I mean, people would probably be scared. Ninety eight percent of the league would be scared to death of you if it went on YouTube. But uh, um, there was another incident in the playoffs uh, that year uh, against your old team, Philadelphia. You had an incident with uh, Braden Shen. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you want to explain uh, that one? Yeah, that was just you know we we were not. I think we we're down two to one, or maybe we we're down two in the series and. Uh, you know, I'm a good friend of mine, Paul. Got we played them in Jersey, and he got hit, which I didn't like, and mm-hmm. went in there and I uh, went to cross check them. It looked like it got like I knew I didn't get him in the face or yeah. yeah. I got him in the chest, and that's why I punched him in the head. Yeah, because I knew I didn't get him good enough. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't trying to go at his face or his neck. I was trying to get him, you know, around the arms, and they rode up because he threw his fucking hands in the air. Can you swear in there? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Threw his fucking hands like he was shot and went down, and I knew I didn't get him good enough, so that's why I punched him in the game, a little rabbit punch in the back of the head. Yeah. So and so, so I had my meeting and with, with Shani, and I, I I just told him the truth. It was like, Shani, like, I knew I didn't get him. You know, I had a cross check that looked bad, but he threw his friggin' body up like it was shot. That's why I punched him in the head. 
because I knew I didn't get him good enough. And I put, you know, don't be doing that shit again. Like, so you know, I was like, like, what do you expect? Like, shit. I remember watching you. I played against you. Like, you, you yeah, exactly. You know, like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, throw me a bone here. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, he threw me one. Threw me four games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was, he told me it was it was two for the, it was two for the cross check. Yeah. And then two for the punch in the back of the head. I was like, come on, man. And then you know the that freaking kid was smiling at me. Yeah. Warm up. Uh, I think the first game back, I was playing. He's like giving me this that fucking smile, and I wanted to kill him, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, fucking yeah. Shitty man. It's shitty yeah. is you know we we lost the series, and you know probably uh, you know I don't know if it would have motivated him or not, but uh, you know it, it is what it is, and uh, you know. Like I like the kid's game. Like Shanna, great, great player. You know, just yeah. do anything to win, man. Do anything to win. Well, we're entering the part of the interview that is uh, as happy as I was that day at the draft party. This is sort of the dark ages. Um, how did you end up signing with the Rangers? Ah, uh, good question. <laughs> I was in. I was in Pitt right towards the. I think the summer was just beginning. I was. I was staying there. I was. I was, I was training. My, I, my son was in a, was in preschool, and so I was I was hanging around there, and then I uh, just got a call, and you know, I don't think uh, I think the cross check and the punch in the head didn't sit well with uh, <laughs> with ownership <laughs> and management. Uh, and the Rangers called for for a two year deal, and towards the end of my career, and uh, you know not too many options, so you know I never made a million dollars in my career, so I was like, hey, let's go to the Big Apple. Yeah, big mistake. <laughs> well, I could have told you that, but I don't remember you calling me to ask. So I mean, I don't. Uh... Now, well, when, the, when there's not many opportunities, you know, you gotta take what you can get. So, uh, so yeah. I think that, um, and the one thing I will say, because uh, when when uh, we came back from Philadelphia, I worked in the Madison Square Garden box office for a few years, and I've seen, I saw firsthand how uh, the organization treats people first class. I mean, I, I, I forget about not necessarily the coaches or whatever, but um, the way that uh, the organization will, will treat people. So, as, like, I had this conversation with uh, Sean Byram about his kid Bowen, and I had said my biggest fear was that the Rangers were going to pick him. Uh, I would have been happy for him because I know they would have treated him like gold, but I'm very happy that uh, he didn't end up with the Rangers. But um, So, I, I mean, I was happy for him. I figured they would treat you okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, I don't like seeing you in that disgusting uniform. Um, so that season, though, there was another lockout. And yeah. was, there a tra- oh, yeah. was there a training camp at all, or you guys didn't even reach to go to camp? Uh, no, but we, I think we had like a week and a little bit to, you know, kind of get ready for the season when, you know, when it started after after the new year. And uh, I... You know, I was I was training here in, on the island. I was working in uh, professional health, uh, professional pro fitness, and you know I was in good shape. I was I was ready to go, and you know I didn't play much. And I think I ended up I, I got a concussion. I know that smashed my head against the boards, trying to throw a hit, and yeah. or, or was I don't know. I think I was. In, I don't know. I get my all my years mixed up. <laughs> so many teams, but yeah, it, it just. I love Torts, you know, Torts was a great coach, and then mm. Torts got let go my, uh, 
my, my, my second year in and uh, I don't know it was uh, I kind of knew going in that you know if, if we get off to a, to a shaky start because they're they're killing me in camp I was doing two a days I was I played in every ex like they were trying to break me to quit because they, they wanted me they knew I was going to minus this is the next season with Vigno yeah this is with Vigno you know okay. we, we we had this uh you know, a clean slate. They said, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a new guy. You know, he come in here, and you know. So I went in there, and uh, yeah, they took me through the grinds. I think they they wanted me to try to freaking retire me because I, not once in my career was I doing two days. Yeah, in camp, yeah. like a full practice skate, next full practice skate. Then I would play a back to back game. Like it was fucking ridiculous I, I just battled through it like fuck these guys like I battled 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 and then uh, first played played the three first three four games maybe and then uh, we we didn't play well and then I guess it was me and Biron's fault because they, uh, they, they they sent me and Marty down so yeah. I guess my four minutes a game was really costing <laughs> costing the cost of the game but let me tell you they didn't piss me off okay I, I, I was still living on like I was still at Point Lookout. Yeah. My son has ADHD, so we had him in a good school, comfortable surroundings. All his friends are here, so the last thing I want to do was pack him up and move to a new school. So I sacrificed for my family. I, I lived on the island, and I drove every day to Westchester to practice in the morning. I would, you know, train into the games and do whatever that. So when when you're in the NHL and they send you down, they're supposed to pay for your your house you're in. And they friggin' fought me on it because okay. I lived in because I lived in Islander country and <laughs> blah blah blah. Seriously, that was part of their. But I lived in Islander country. Oh no way. That's why. That's why they. So I ended up losing like, I think they owed me like thirty five, forty grand or something. I ended up getting like eight thousand from No shit. Yeah, but yeah, I went to arbitration and all that with them. But yeah, that's. They said I was living on. Uh, I was living in Islander territory. Islander. Uh, yeah. Jesus, that sounds like something Milbury would pull. So I was like, fuck these guys. Wow. All right, well, if we can go back to your first year with the Rangers, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. So uh, I talked about him, Eric Bolton. You ended up fighting him. And um, now that, because you were on the shitty Rangers, um, now you're playing the Islanders. Now you're on the other side of the rivalry. Now, you were a, a pretty key guy during your time with the Islanders. Uh, in that rivalry. Now you're on the other side. Um, were you there long enough to really get a feel for the rivalry from the Rangers side? Uh, not really. Yeah. You know, uh, I wasn't. Re- I, I think we might have played him like two times, maybe. Okay. And I might have sat on one of the games. But uh, but you know, it doesn't matter where you are. You, you know, they hate each other. Yeah. You know, that's, they, if it's preseason, they, you know, they just don't like each other. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, I was on the other side, and uh, you know, I got to do what I got to do, and you know, I mean, both had a good fight, and you know, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Bolts is an animal. I love that guy. Ah, so. he's, a, he's just a great guy, yeah. too. Really good guy. He coached with me a couple times in Quebec, and yeah, coaching his kids and stuff. And he's a hoot. He's yeah. a hoop. He'll be on here soon. 
So, uh, uh, one guy I want to ask you about, and again, because you had such a shitty time with the Rangers, but uh, I don't think he had a great time with them either, and he's actually still, he's come full circle, he's with them again, and that's Michael Haley. Uh, you may guess I'm a big Michael Haley fan, uh, so, uh, so do you have any memories of playing with him? Oh, I love him. Yeah. He's a good, good yeah. guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, uh, we played with him, in, I was actually in the minors with him, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This played, uh, played your bed. He was, you know, he does this thing. He works hard. He's got good skill. And, yeah. You know, he's a tough kid. I'm not sure if he's still playing or Well, or I, he's there. And, and to me, this was, a, this was the slap in the face I never thought I would get. But, you know, as we've discussed a few times with the way hockey is now, um, as an Islander fan, like we discussed, I, you know, we're fortunate we have Ross Johnston here. And, uh, you know, Rangers have him. And they got uh, Claude Lemieux's son, I guess. Uh, but so you yeah. figure Ross Johnston may not play against Tampa. I think that's a given. Like if I'm going to watch the Islanders in Tampa, I kind of figure Ross may not get in the game. But Islanders Rangers, Ross Johnston has to be in the lineup, right? Well, the last game they played before COVID, they play the Rangers. Healthy scratch, Ross Johnston. Healthy scratch, Michael Haley. And I'm going, oh my God, you got to be kidding me! It's affected the so-called rivalry now, where. The two heavyweights, you know, not that... I mean, Michael's not a heavyweight in terms of weight and stature, but he fights everybody. Um, and I'm going, Haley yeah. and Johnston, they can't play against each other in a fucking Islander-Ranger game. <laughs> you win a job, bud. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, your last fight of the season in your in your first Ranger season, I'm sure you remember this. I think there's a backstory to it. Uh, Georgie Paros of the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I think it had something to do with um, Eric Gubranson. I never know how yeah. to say his name. It was uh, something that happened in the game before, and then you and George met up. Can you tell us a little bit about the backstory? And then uh, we were we were up like five to one, and uh, Torch wants you to finish your checks every check. You know, it doesn't matter if it's you're up five one, and it, and it's not like I went and ran at the guy. I rubbed him out, and he got tangled up and I don't know if he hit the partition and like he ended up like separating his shoulder so George is screaming at me screaming at me like he's thinking I'm going to be intimidated or something like screaming at me screaming at me like we play you next week we play you next week I was like yeah okay yeah 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 <laughs> that's kind of how it started and yeah. you know you know he threw a hit the guy got hurt and we're going to the next game and you know it happened and I had a good fight it wasn't like he you know, beat the crap out of me. I hit him with some good shots, and you know, score settled, and uh, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, it was a good fight. I, you know, yeah, oh, definitely. Like, like I, I, I fight big guys good for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Bigger targets. Yeah, just, I don't know. Good technique, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, you're pretty good. You're, you're, uh, you're Not pretty bad. Good. Not yeah. bad. Now that second season, I we already talked about the Vigno, but obviously, you're, you know. Danny Lacroix back. You know I love Danny. But the other assistant coach. Now, I'm an old man. I'm a cranky old man. I've watched a lot of hockey in my life. I hate nobody as much as I hate Ulf Sanderson. Hate with a passion. In all sports, there's not a person that has ever played a sport that I hate more than Ulf Sanderson. But I bet you're going to tell me that he's a pretty good guy. I, I didn't really talk to him that much, to tell yeah. the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he worked with the D, you know, 
obviously say hi to him and stuff, but you know, yeah. we never really sat down and, and had a you know, heart-to-heart conversation. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from, from, you know, yeah, he was a dick to play against. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, guys wanted to kill. And, uh, well, he wasn't that bad, you know. Like I said, I, I didn't really have a, you know, heart-to-heart with him that much. And uh, he kind of was worried about the, the D and... Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, kind of uh, he was the PK guy, and, and I didn't play any of it. When I talked to him. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking hate, I still hate him. He, I he probably hasn't taken a shift in twenty years. I still fucking hate the guy. So uh, you know, but I guess he did that's his him. Job then, right? Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say, I guess he did his job, but fuck that guy anyway. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> a guy that you play. Well, l- let's discuss that that second season. You, you ended up playing six games before they screwed you over. You actually started the season okay. You you started out west, had a fight with Kyle Clifford. You had a fight with Patty Maroon, and the Maroon fight was was comical because uh, you removed your helmet. He undid his chin. Oh, uh, he undid his chin strap. So I mean, it, it's and again, it's it's something that it's like a gentleman's agreement because they come up with these stupid rules, and oh, I got, you know, I got, I got I got two minutes for that too, two and five. Yeah, I didn't think he was. I thought we're, you know, he had a bias around. Yeah. Take your helmet off. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And I was like, ah, two minutes there. I'm sick of that when I played this. Fuck. No, yeah. I'll never get down here again. <laughs> so, uh, so we discussed you ended up in the minors. Obviously, like you say, you never had two days, you never had this. Did you, like you said, you, you, it made you feel like they wanted you to retire. Even in spite of all that, when they put you on waivers, were you surprised? No. Okay. No, I knew it was it. I was just, I knew it was just a matter of time. They were just yeah. waiting for, for something to send me down. I, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, just, it was just a matter of winning. And I knew when we started off slow and, you know, we weren't playing that good, I was like, I'm, I'm cooked. Yeah. I knew it for sure. I went down there. I, I, I'm, into, I'm not lying. I wasn't happy. Like, I was yeah. just the first fucking little while. And, mm. But, uh, you know, I had to... Finally started. Uh, you know, I, what I, I wasn't playing down there either. That's yeah. you know, this healthy scratched me and that kind of put me in a little. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Number. But uh, crazy. But I was uh, well. You're only allowed like five players, three players or under. You know, over a certain amount of games and yeah. You know, like I like I honestly thought they were trying to retire me. I just went down there and you know they did the practices. I was you know tried to be a good teammate. I fought a few times and yeah. You know, and did my thing, but uh, yeah, those those morning skates when they tried skating, it was fuck. I I just this one time I I just sat on the boards and watched Ken Denander do wallies for <laughs> 15 minutes, to drink water, and then he was like, oh, and then I skated off like fuck, I'm fucking 36 years old, I got 800 games in the show, and he fucking oh. healthy scratched me and bag skated me. But I was pissed. I, yeah. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have did what I did. But mm-hmm. you know, I was. I wasn't happy. I I knew what they're trying to do, and I thought it was disrespectful, and probably should have been a more professional about it. But hey, well, what it is. Well, just um, you know, you know this story. Obviously, you're part of it. But um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife went into uh, a, a store to buy wine, and she saw. <laughs> She saw Ash, and uh, and obviously, like I said, we've known you a long time, 
And uh, for people that don't know, my wife, uh, you know, she's very confident. If, if you're doing something she doesn't like, she'll tell you. So uh, <laughs> Ash was wearing a devil shirt that day. And uh, I think she was chirping you a little bit. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, she was chirping you. And then she did say it's okay that, uh, you know, as long as she never sees you wearing a Ranger shirt. And yeah. now after hearing this, I don't think she's ever going to see you wearing a Ranger shirt anyway. No, 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 no <laughs> But, yeah, that was funny. Like, it was a laundry day. So. <laughs> no, but, yeah, you know, I, every now and then I get noticed, that, you know, around. You know, I, I've been, you know, doing a lot of hockey. A lot of uh, I did the TV analyst for a little bit, and yeah. you know I obviously worked with a lot of kids now. So uh, yeah, but I wasn't expecting to, to, <laughs> to see anyone, and <laughs> I went and grabbed a bottle. Of, I think I was grabbing a bottle of scotch. Yeah, and, uh, I'm a scotch guy now, so uh, went and grabbed a bottle of scotch, and I seen uh, yeah, I seen the wife there, and she mm-hmm. uh, she called me out on it. Yeah, oh definitely. <laughs> and I think I told her I was like, I think it's a laundry day or something. <laughs> yeah, she said that. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, but. Like I said, she's like, I just saw Ash. She's wearing a devil shirt. What the fuck? And I'm just like, I always played for like 20 teams. It's just one of the teams he played for. And then she's like, ah, it's all right. It's almost not a Ranger shirt. So now at least I'll tell her that uh, if she ever sees you in a Ranger shirt, she should call 911 because it's something's got to be wrong with you. If she ever sees me in a Ranger shirt, I give her permission to come up and kick me in the nuts. Okay. Uh, Well. So I know for sure it's not going (laughs) to happen. Excellent. Um. Before we leave the Rangers, though, there's one guy I want to ask you about that you played with in Hartford, uh, and that's the Undertaker, uh, Dylan McElrath. Oh yeah, Mac, great kid. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's a Winnipeg boy too, so he he grew up, uh, you know, in parts where you know where I'm familiar with, and uh, you know he's I don't think they gave him you know a good enough chance. He's uh, you know he was a big kid. He had he had some <laughs> knee problems early, but you know I think he recovered fine from him. Yeah, you know I. I think if they would have given him a little, you know, a little bit more time up there, get his confidence going, you know, I think he could have turned into a solid, you know, five, fifth, sixth defenseman, even if he's a seventh, you know, grinding in, you know, but uh, but they didn't, and uh, you know, he was tough as nails. Yeah, fought everyone, stuck up for his teammate. He's a great in the dressing room. I have nothing bad to say against Mac at all. Yeah, love the kid. No, I like him too. It's uh, it's unfortunate that he was part of that organization too, but I, I love the kid. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this was your last fight, but it was, I mean, you, only, you had 32 penalty minutes, so you didn't have too many down there, uh, but you fought a guy who is, uh, we're talking tough as nails, a guy who ended up getting some games with the Islanders, uh, Breck Gallant, who was with Bridgeport at the yep. time, uh, which I, I watched it, it's just a crazy, crazy slugfest, what a fight that was. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that all started warm. Oh, go ahead. One of the rookies... I don't know what he's doing, but he skid over the line, and he got the uh, land whacked him or something, and he was chirping at him. And then I knew, fuck, you know, who else? Hales. I, I don't think Hales was was playing. At, if he was, I don't know. But mm-hmm. we lined up against each other, and of course, he starts giving me the hook. And mm-hmm. I was like this fucking kid. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, so we, so yeah, we had a pretty good fight. And then yeah. After the period was over, I went in the dressing room and I told the kid, I was like, hey, next time you fucking act up in fucking warm-up, you, you, you're doing this shit yourself. Yeah. Uh, fuck, I'm 36 years old. Like, fuck, mm. you know, fucking man up. Fucking 25, 22-year-old. You're going to act tough and fucking do your job. It's fucking serious. But hey, yeah. it's part of the game, you know, but, you know, if you fucking act tough and warm-up, fucking... 
do it in the fucking game, you know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> but I was, I was just, I was just sour with the whole fucking situation. Yeah. Was in, you know, that fucking. Absolutely. <laughs> but, well, I, I, only got, I think I only had a couple fights in mind, right? Yeah, because like I said, you only had 32 penalty minutes. I, I think that yeah. might be the only one I, I have on video is the Gallant one, which is probably the one I would want anyway. I mean, aside from the fact that it was an absolute war, of course, as you may imagine, I'm a fan of Brick Gallant also. So, uh, oh, so am I, too. Yeah. Fucking guys, very good fighter. Yep. Very good fighter, yeah. So speaking of very good fighters, uh, I don't think you played any organized hockey. Maybe you farted around a little bit the season after. But in 2015-16, I believe you were a ringer for the Gander Flyers in the Newfoundland scene. Uh, wait, how does Terry say it? I'm, I want to say it how he says it. I can't say it. No, I'm just going to put Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Yeah, he says it. Yeah, well, he says it because he's from there. I always like to say it the way they say it. But uh, had, it, what happened? Did TR make the call? They needed a ringer, and you found yourself with the Gander Flyers? Yeah, he, he, he called me up. I think it was... I was a year after. I think I took a year off. Yep. Board. He's a good friend of mine. You know? Yeah. We, oh, had, yeah. we had a lot of great times together. And he was like, "Hey, man, you want to come up on the weekends and play two games? You know, they'll give you a thousand dollars. We'll fly you up. Blah blah blah." And I was missing the game. I wanted to go and have some fun. I love Newfoundland. Yeah. Like this, I, the people there are just fantastic. Great food. I had a buddy up there that had a restaurant. He was a famous chef in Canada, so I got to spend some time with him. Mm -hmm. See Terry's wife, who uh, who I've known longer than Terry. Oh, is that she's right? Yeah, she's a Red Deer girl. Oh. So okay. I've known her since I was 16, and mm -hmm. really, you know, so it was, uh, so it was, it was nice. We went up there and seen his folks and played some hockey and drank a lot of good beers and whiskey, and <laughs> you know, only got into one fight out there. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was it was fun. It was it was great to actually go up there and you know compete again and you know get a sweat. It was great. Twenty one points in fifteen games. Yeah, I was so out of shape the first like five or six games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was unreal. Like everyone thinks the hockey is like oh it's not but, like there's East Coast league players and but, like there's like it's a it was a good league like yeah it was good hockey so it was it, it, it was nice to get over there and. Uh, shoot the puck around and have some fun again. I, and obviously playing with Terry had to be awesome. I, you know, I always, one of the things I have to do, like on the bucket list, is I have to actually get up there because before the dust settles, I have to meet Gail and Terry Sr. in person because... Oh, you got to go down to the basement for well, sure. Well, yeah, I tell people all the time, it's funny because when, when I first met Terry and Terry and I, you know, first became friends, he was young, he was still living at home. And this was before yeah. cell phones. So I, it actually is a true story. I would call their, I would call Senior's house, and either Senior or or Gail would answer the phone and say, "Hi, is Terry there?" Like like we were ten years old. But I, I mean, every time as soon as Senior found out I was from New York, he told me all the New York City stories. And Terry's mom is such a nice lady. Like I just, I have to get up there. I have to meet his parents. I I told him I said if I ever get up there. I probably need a couple hours. You can go do your thing and then just come back and get me because I got to speak to Senior and Gail. Terry, like Gail is is an angel. Yeah. Uh, senior and Junior are, uh, they are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. they're, they're the same person. Yeah. It, it is it is unreal. 
you know, I've, uh, I've spent many times in the, in the basement, the senior, and, you know, we've uh, drank a lot of beer. We actually went out one night. I'm not sure if it was after a game or if it was the night before. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when, 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 whenever you're flying into the rock to play a game, as soon as you land, if you're in your room, you wait for friggin' curfew call, and you're out the side, and you're over the fence, and you're in a cab, you're going down George Street. Like, that was... <laughs> That's that was the thing with with, with uh, Michelle Terrian. She would always come and check, and would be in our bed with sheets up to our neck. We were all fully clothed. Yeah. We'd, and you'd come in and you'd smell because everyone put the clone on, you know, the four <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he knew he knew exactly. He'd come into every room, smelled like cologne. You know, so we'd get fucking skated in the morning. We, <laughs> we got busted. We got morning skate. We skated for an hour. Cool. And these are the guys who, who admitted to going out because, like, everyone was out. Yeah. But he knew he knew me. He knew Darcy. He knew Murphy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knew, like, so we're like, yeah, like, we, like there's guys that were out that didn't fucking put their hand up and piss me off. Mm-hmm. But we, we fucking, there's, like, 10 of us that fucking got banged for an hour straight in the morning, hung over, and then played that night. <laughs> And it fucking broke curfew again, and then went on because he you played double header. So. Yeah, yeah, but always, always on the rock. Because we were, as soon as he that call came, we're knocking the door, and that's it, out the back door. <laughs> so, but, but but sorry, anyway. Yeah. So I'll give you I'll give you the quick senior story. So we're out at Curtin uh, Joe and Greensleeves. Mm-hmm. He's doing shots of tequila. Senior. So I do a shot. Senior. Yeah. Okay. Well, we all we, we all were. Yeah. If you do a shot of tequila, you know you're supposed to suck in the line. Yeah. You just eat eat the whole line, <laughs> skin and all. Oh God. Yeah. Peel, peel and all. <laughs> just chew it up. Uh, it was. It was. We would have like three kind of tequilas, you know. And these fucking oh. must have ate like four lines. Oh my God. <laughs> was, couldn't imagine his heartburn, you know, the next day. But that's just senior. He's yeah. just exactly like Terry. He's a great yeah. guy. Knows mm-hmm. his knows his shit. Yeah. And and you know, if you do get out there. You, you will not be disappointed. No, PR will show you the time of your life for sure. Okay, I got to get up there for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. So I know how you got to Gander, but did you end up playing for the Cup with a team, Grand Falls, Windsor, Cataracts? Yeah, yeah. They uh, they called me and uh, added me to their uh, to their to their team, and uh, yeah, I went out there and uh, and played with uh, played with them until I got kicked out and suspended I think well the only guy I the only name that I recognized well maybe not recognized the only one I noted and that's because I know he used to play tough but I don't know if he was there when you were there was Alex Henry uh Alex yeah he was, he was on the team with us that year yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 we yeah we got uh picked up to play with him in the Allen Cup yeah. Alex he was, a, he was a he was a really tough guy too yeah well don't gloss over you got you getting suspended you know I have to ask you about that yeah we were losing like three to one, I think, or something. They hammered a guy from behind him. This big goofy guy, Antonician or something. His name was okay. chirping me out, chirping me, chirping me. You know, oh, it was all so like fucking <laughs> crushed him. Got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> did um? Good. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, did you find that when you were like, let's say, starting in Hartford? And then in going into Gander, and then like you say, did you did you feel like you were a target for some some of the younger guys? 
myself and yeah. uh, I only I only got into one fight in, uh, when I was with Gander and it was in the mm-hmm. playoffs and I fought this Trevor Lewis or someone's name was he's mm-hmm. a tough guy in the coast and uh, you know I had a good tilt with him and gave it to him pretty good and uh, other than that that was that was basically it yeah. maybe in the Allen Cup there was a guy that from uh, from the team from Winnipeg that uh, I almost lost it on but other than that um, mm-hmm. I was everyone was pretty respectful um I'm not even going to try to say this name, but the next season, you played a couple of games in the Allen Cup uh, for a team in uh, New Brunswick? Grand Labouche or something like that, right? Yeah, I, I can't. It's like Boutouche JCs or yeah. something? So yeah, how'd, you, how'd uh, you end up in New Brunswick? By the Bouche or something. Uh, yeah. This thing, the same thing from, you know, just people watching me play and, you know, uh, you know like, I, like I was... I'm a pretty decent, uh, decent hockey player. So they just asked me if I wanted to come up, and they offered. I think I got like five grand to uh, to come up and play for the weekend, and just went up there and skated. And actually, that was the team that I got tossed out with. It wasn't the Grand. Oh, okay. It was the yeah, that was the Babushki team. Yeah. <laughs> it was good though. You know, it's the bunch of guys just you know trying to win an Allen Cup, and uh, you know uh, we were supposed to have a decent. We, we actually did did not too bad for the for the team he had but uh you know just another experience another chance another chance to get out there and uh you know shoot the puck around and make a little money while i'm doing it that's not too bad yeah not bad at all so uh what is your uh anyone that's on twitter uh probably saw that uh, the islanders uh tweeted something the other day with you uh giving some drills uh some advice for some kids stuff they yeah. can do during the uh the covid what uh, what is your current role with the team? I am the lead amateur, uh, lead a- amateur hockey alumni. I guess you can call it. Okay. I coach. Uh, I do the I do the learn to play through the NHL through the Islanders. Uh, I coach teams. I do clinics. I go to games. I shake hands. I kiss babies. <laughs> you know whatever's uh, whatever's needed. I coach the the Pee Wee AAA. Team that we, that goes to Quebec for the for the international team. Uh-huh. So I've been doing that for a few years, and uh, you know, just uh, just coaching and trying to uh, you know give back to community. And you know, I do a lot of charity stuff, and uh, you know, uh, just try to stay active in the community, and uh, you know, get these kids uh, you know playing the game. The game that uh, you know gave me so much, and you know, it's just nice to give back. The um, the Pee Wee tournament in Quebec, I. Is uh, that used to be played at the Coliseum, correct? Yeah. Is that is the Coliseum still around, or did they tear it down? No, it's it, it's still there. Do you still play the games there? No, we play at the we play at the what is it called the uh, the Video Trump Center. It's the uh, it's the new uh, it's the new uh, arena there, which is it's just a beautiful facility. But the old Coliseum is right next door. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then. Yeah. Finally, um, can you tell people about Aaron's chance to play? Uh, tell us what that's all about. Yeah, uh, it's a charity I, I come up, I came up with. Uh, it was like 16 years ago. Uh, you know, growing up with four brothers, you know, we never, you know, had a lot of money, and you know, a lot of people helped me along the way, and uh, you know, I was, I was in a position where I was able to give back, and I, I started up the foundation. 
Aaron's chance to play. We uh, we pay for equipment, we pay for hotels, we pay for registration for uh, you know families, just uh, any family, just not indigenous, but uh, you know any any family, a single mom that you know needs help. Yeah. I I needed along the way, and without that help and without those people, you know, stepping up for me, who knows where I'd be? I you yeah. know, but from the the way I grew up, I you know I could have been in jail. Who knows? Yeah. Like, so uh, just a way from you know for me to give back. We've been uh, we've been helping close to 40, 50 kids a year. Uh, we've been you know spending you know we've raised hundreds and thousands of dollars and. You know, obviously this year we couldn't uh, we couldn't do year 16 because of COVID, but uh, you know next year we're coming back. We uh, gonna have Ron McLean come down, and I'm hoping to get my uh, my celebrity chef to come down, who is uh, has one of the top restaurants in Canada and won uh, Canada's top chef. And so hopefully we're gonna have him come down and uh, make some meals and uh, you know raise some money. So, uh, so it's good things. Like 15 years, it's. Uh, you know, we're helping uh, hundreds and hundreds of kids play hockey, which is great. Well, obviously, I don't know what I could possibly do, but if I can help you in any way, promote it or whatever, then just, you know, just let me know. Yeah, appreciate that. So I guess I have a final question I'd ask everybody, but there is one question I'd like to ask you. Um, so in the beginning of the interview, we talked about uh, when you were a kid, and you said you really weren't a Winnipeg Jets fan. So No, I was. Oh, you were? I wasn't a Montreal fan. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask you, why would you root for the Bombers when you could root for the Rough Riders? No, hey, who won the Great Cup there? Yeah, but, it, I mean, listen, you got to win, win one eventually, right? You're only as good as your last game. That's fucked up, because who knows when they're going to play <laughs> the next game. Kent, that's fucked hey, up. Who's who's Great Cup champ? I got it, though, seriously. No, see, I knew, I knew by Just asking you this. Just say it. You know, Just all right, let me say this. Blue bomber. <laughs> I have, I do, I am fond of Winnipeg. All right, I am, and I, I'll tell you why. And I'm not even being funny because I miss the old team, like the Jets. I, I have a fondness for like the Jets and the Whalers and, the, and Quebec. Um, yeah. You know that Chevy's the GM for the Jets now, and uh, yeah. I love Chevy. So I, I have nothing against the city. Nothing against the Jets, uh, but I, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta get some green in your mailbox or something. You're very Blue stubborn. Gold, buddy. Blue and gold. Uh, all right. Seriously. What? Who, who won the last Great Cup? It was so long ago, I forget. You know, you, who, who won? you're going to be my age one day, and you're going to forget things like I do. I can't even remember yesterday. I Did they play the Great Cup Bombers. last year? Bombers, baby. Oh, God. The Blue Bombers. All right. I'll give that one to you. So, uh, <laughs> I don't have to say it, but... so. Uh, the one question I, I ask everybody the same two questions the first question I ask like I asked you um, who were you as a kid and the last question I ask is uh, we're now almost four hours into our chat is there anything about the career of Aaron Asham that I neglected to ask uh, I told you about the last fight and goal in Fredericton history yes the Canadians yes uh, I had the last fight in the spectrum. You did? Nashville. Yeah. But then like Couture. Okay. So I had the last to die that. And uh, that's about it, man. So I covered that's everything else. You covered everything else. Terrific. Well, 
this brings us to the end of our chat. Um, you were, you know, this fucking COVID really screwed things up because based on geography, I was really hoping we were gonna we could get together and do this in person, but uh, you know, COVID sucks, and uh, I'm just glad we got yeah. yeah we got to do this over the phone. And uh, I would just like you know, and I'll say this with you here because I said it in uh, part one. Um, I know you don't do a lot of these, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the, a lot of time to do this for me because. Uh, my my shows are very long, and uh, you know I told you right from the start it's not going to be a half hour, and you know you gave me uh, you gave me a lot of your time, and I really do appreciate it, man. I, it means a lot to me. Thank you. No problem, buddy. I'm just going to go inside, put the fires out. My kids are starting. So go ahead. All. <laughs> all right, uh, do the sleep motion. Let them know it's time for bed. So uh, thanks again, buddy, and we'll talk soon. And uh, best to the family. Okay. Thanks, buddy. You too, buddy. All right. Care, See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Aaron for all his time, giving me basically four hours of his time. Uh, Aaron's a pretty busy guy. He does a lot of stuff. He's got kids running around. Um, and the fact that he gave me all that time really means a lot to me. And I thanked him a million times already. So here's a million and one. Thanks, Ash. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm ready to buy you that bottle of scotch if, you, uh, if you're interested. Just let me know. Maybe I'll get you a bottle of Makers instead and try to convert you to bourbon. Uh, but again, I hope that all you people enjoyed listening to the four hours of Ashen because um, guy has some great stories. He's been, he was very honest uh, about certain things and um, you know what the, <laughs> the stories are awesome uh, off the ice stories as well as on the ice stories. So um, once again, thank you and um, you know, I hope you people enjoyed it. As far as next week goes, um, actually I am currently, uh, let's see, how do I put this? I could potentially have three pretty awesome guests over the next three weeks. Now that I said that, I will probably have zero awesome guests over the next three weeks because I generally uh, fuck things up whenever I predict things. So, um, since I don't have the episode recorded for next week, I'm not going to say who it is. But, if we can uh, hook up, it's going to be awesome. And uh, again, it's not awesome because of me. It's awesome because of the guest. So uh, everybody, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully next week I can tell you who that awesome guest is and you'll enjoy his stories. And other than that, everybody, be safe. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.